today we're going to talk about growing with fishes. Growing with fishes. Hey everybody, welcome to a super awesome episode, episode 280 of the Growing with Fishes podcast. Back with uh, one of our favorite guests, Scotty Real from Do Grows. How's it going, oh, Scotty? Shucks, man. A favorite, huh? Oh, hell yeah. You and I, I think you are the, you You might be, you were definitely one of my oldest guests, that's for sure. And I definitely know that uh, I was one of the first guests on your show back like 38 or 39. You're up to what, a thousand and something? 1300 and something. Yeah. Oh, damn. Kind of ridiculous. Kind of ridiculous. <laughs> man. Oh, well, man. What, what episode is this, brother? Uh, 280. We do, we do fewer shows per week than you, but uh, it's okay. <laughs> oh, no, that's awesome. I remember I was like a Howard Stern fan back in the day. I would just I'd work and uh, just get in the truck every day and do plumbing and air conditioning. And I loved having somebody talking in my ear. And so I remember I could even listen to sports radio and I couldn't give a shit about sports, man. But uh, I just loved having somebody talk in my ear, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely yes. nice to have that background sound going. I know I often have Hamilton or one of my favorite um, uh, cannabis podcasters uh, streaming whenever I'm working or in the grow rooms. Uh, if I don't have to talk to people, that's definitely what I'm doing. So sometimes, yeah, thank you. Sometimes it's nice to have people talk to you and just tell you something interesting. Or just make you laugh. I don't think I can too much pressure to, t- to be interesting all the time, but hopefully if not, we can make you laugh. I, do, I mean, you certainly are one of the best people when it comes to like the whole edutainment thing where it's educating and fun at the same time. Your show is <laughs> definitely one of the best for sure. I appreciate that so much, man. That means a ton from you, sir. <laughs> Uh, before we get started, uh, if everyone out there is looking for additional educational um, classes on aquaponic cannabis, you can find us at apmjclass.com. We have over 700 uh, seminars uh, Marty and I have put together on aquaponic cannabis. We add more slides every month. We have uh, live sessions each month, so definitely check that out. Um, we put a lot of work into it, and uh, especially if we're getting into the commercial side um, or just want to learn more on the, on the home side, it's a, a great educational resource. Are we into it already? Because I got questions already, dude. I'm going to ask you questions. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so actually, I wanted to touch on something that you said. Oh, first off, let's introduce you. So those of you that don't know who Scotty is, if that's somehow possible, um, Scotty is the ho- co-host uh, of the Dude Grows show. Uh, the Dude and Scotty have been doing the show uh, just a little bit longer than I have, maybe by about six months or so, if memory serves me correctly. Uh, you'll have to correct me on that after this. Um but uh, they were uh, one of the first inspirations that I had for, for doing cannabis uh, podcasting. I loved their show and loved the format of their show. And um, we kind of uh, emulated it in certain ways, uh, especially earlier on, maybe not so much these days, but definitely early on uh, was a, a big um, a factor in, in how we set up our show and, and you know, the way that we, we orchestrated the show. So uh, uh, definitely thank you for the inspiration back in the day for sure. I will take a compliment. I don't know that I did anything else except emulate other people that I saw. Remember, dude called me up and he was like, check out this John Doe radio. You remember him at all? Oh, yeah. And uh, he was like, oh, it's pretty cool. And then I I seen dude at a uh, party. It's like, I'm going to start a podcast. And like the week before I had decided I was going to. And so we, we just 
came together and uh, just, it's so funny, Steve. I think me and you talked to today when we're, you know, a little pre-show. Let's talk about how different things are now than they, than they were, what, six, seven, eight, ten 10 years ago when we started. Yeah. And I remember when we started, I was like, dude, I can grow weed, bro. I can grow commercial weed, man. You know, I'm going to, you know, I know what I'm doing. I'm going to teach people. And I was basically telling people to follow the recipe. It would be basically be like, dude, you can bake an awesome cake. And maybe this is a good analogy, man. You can base an awesome cake. Go get a Betty Crocker box and follow the recipe. And if they tell you to use a tablespoon, go get a tablespoon and measure it. You know, if they tell you to, you know what I mean? It's, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I think it's kind of like that where you can have success following a recipe, the art, then, then you can introduce the art. There's not much art in baking a Betty Crocker cake, but when you understand what's going on with it and then you're like, all right, man, I'm gonna get the baking powder out and I'm gonna get the flour out and I'm gonna start making my own cakes and they're gonna be better than better Crocker, man. Um, so uh, you actually used to, uh, you mentioned Howard Stern. You actually are really good friends with the music guy and used to do all kinds of fun parodies before YouTube got a stick up its ass. Um, uh, do you want to talk a little bit about that real quick? Because I always thought that was kind of really cool. Yeah, I will shout out to my boy, Eli Braden. I heard him, I was listening to Howard Stern show and he would uh, make these weird, crazy songs, man. Really out there songs. And uh, with the internet, it is so amazing that you can... You can meet people and you can meet people around the world. You can meet people a little bit more famous, you know, or famous. And yeah, I reached out to this guy. Probably, I think I joined Twitter <laughs> to, uh, to try to stalk this guy. But uh, no, I just hung out and man, I met my, my uh, high C is my, uh, he like writes the web pages for it, helps me get a clear message out there. He's like one of the guys on the team. And I was listening, I was in the grow and I was, uh, uh, just trying to find something new to listen to it burn out everything was doing a lot of building in there so I was in there for a long time and I found this dark arts of marketing podcast and the guy was fucking I was like this guy's fucking not evil but he's telling you all the evil tricks that they use on you and sure enough that was high C man so I meet all sorts of people online and uh, it's a joy man it's a joy look at us man right I think I was on your episode 38 or 39, one of your really early episodes. You guys can go back and look it up. And uh, uh, yeah, I, I kind of missed the old intro you guys had. It was a little bit longer, but uh, I know that there was some takedown bullshit, same kind of shit that we've dealt with on the show as well. Um, you know what sucks, man, is you have to deal with that YouTube algorithm as well. So like things are different. And if you walk into a place where we're doing the show live and it's a 20 second or 30 second intro, you'll get, you know, it'll be okay. In YouTube land, if you got more than three to five seconds, they're out. It's so disturbing, man. It's just so weird. I have to curate content for them. Like uh, we like to do hour long shows and YouTube punishes us for that because they want people watching the whole damn video. You know, they want six minute videos and what people watch the whole thing up. So it is weird, man. You just got to yeah. do you brother, you know? Oh yeah. Well, we do, we normally do two to three hour episodes on this show. And I definitely, uh, there's definitely been some changes in the algorithm where it was like blatantly obvious on the, <laughs> looking at the analytics. So. Right. And audience, I hope you'll tolerate it. Me and Steve are really good friends and I miss hanging out with your brother. Normally we'll get to hang out a little bit more frequently. So I'm kind of, 
if this turns into a hangout session where me and you are, uh, well, let's get you know, normal. That's kind of what the show is about. The podcast originally, the grow talk was about dude and I would hang out, talk grow for an hour on the phone, you know? And I'm like, all right, this is the show right here. People would want to listen to this. And then the other one, man, is just hanging out with your friends. Hopefully what we're doing. I miss it, man. Especially the last couple of years, man. It's not that easy to hang out with people. And, you know, or at least it got a little bit easier the past couple of weeks, but man, it was really hard. So just, I really missed the camaraderie and company of, of friends. So I know Zoom isn't a replacement for hanging, but I'm sure enjoying it. You want to smoke a joint together, brother? Oh, yeah. All right. Boo-hoo. You can't hit it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, we, thankfully we, uh, it was so nice seeing you out at the Cowboy Cup last year. And uh, I definitely hope to, uh, to see you guys again uh, uh, so at some point this year at one of the events for sure. Brother, that is a thank you. And it was great to see you. Uh, I'm sorry, I just got sidetracked. Dude, what is that background you have? It is beautiful, man. Where did you, who did that? Uh, this is a logo uh, a friend of mine made it from California uh, for the show. That's actually, uh, that's the logo we use for all the, the, the uploads. But it's actually a pot leaf in koi fish. A lot of people never see it. Yeah. Oh, no, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, what do you think, man? Give me a percentage, right? I started 50. How much, how much is, um, you got like 50, 50, 70, 30 art to science when it comes to growing, man. Well, I, I think a lot of it, I think it's probably like 80% science and 20% art, but a lot of the science isn't been flushed out yet. I think that's this thing that I see and you see this a lot as well more and more over year, the importance of microbes uh, and, and our understanding of that is becoming more and more each year, you know, realizing how important it is for terpenes, how important it is for, um, you know, plant health and disease resistance, you know, the, the microbial stuff really is the, uh, uh, the future and all those, you know, we don't understand next to nothing about, you know, what's going on in the soil, you know, and that's really the, the part where I think is so interesting and almost like wizardry with some of the stuff that some of these microbes can do in terms of chemical conversions and stuff. It is, yes, you're, it is amazing that like we hear Paul Stamets talking and be like, look, you can walk outside, dig up some, you know, dig up your yard and you'll find some kind of fungi there that hasn't been documented, some kind of new, you know, species or subspecies. We know so little about this stuff. And 10 years ago, I didn't know anything about it. I think I knew Mike Corizzi. You know, I remember coming to Colorado at 12 years ago. And seeing, I was like on Overgrow and everybody's talking Mike Corizzi. And I'm like, dude, I need something about that, man. And uh, yeah, but that was, and that was 10 years ago. I'd been growing a ton. I'd been growing since 1994, you know, 20 lighters. And I tell you, they just the opposite. We're using hydrogen peroxide. We're bleaching those roots like it was a fucking hospital room, man. Yeah, no, and some people still grow that way too. It's just, you know. It's why I think a lot of people growing hydro don't ever hit those terp levels that they're really trying to hit. And you know, activating that plant's immune system. You know, the microbes help activate the different immune responses in the plant, which we call terpenes. Guru and I were almost there. The high C and Jeff were like, oh, you guys were arguing. And we laughed and we're like, that's not arguing, man, because he comes from the hardcore science part. Like he was literally pulling up fucking nutrient absorption charts over pH and different medias and whatnot. And then I come from the what works, you know, what, what I've seen work. 
but we were talking about optimal pH ranges. We're talking about, you know, I have that Grow Dots product, which is, is a mineral base or a synthetic. And I'll, uh, it's actually a self-switching all-in-one. It's really cool. But we're, yeah, right on, man. But we, we were uh, kind of concerned and we were talking about the optimal pH levels, the optimal pH level. And, you know, Guru's point is that it varies from cocoa to peat where they do have different pH levels. Uh, do you grow in either or do you have any? Fuck, I feel like I'm hijacking your show, man. But I told you, it's just it's us friends hanging out. You mind if we just post it? No, it's fine. So I don't do a ton of cocoa. Um, you know, I'll do cocoa if the client has already have, has a ton purchased and we're, you know, hey, we're already running it. Then yeah, well, whatever, we'll work with it. But cocoa, I've always seen more problems and more insect problems and more root problems and just more problems in general uh i've noticed with cocoa compared to you know decent soil but you know, don't, hey don't get me i'm in love with the cocoa shirt i'll go fucking put that on right now i love <laughs> cocoa so much i named my dog cocoa bro okay <laughs> um, but let's but, talk uh, about pros and cons man because i i'm from the different camp i love cocoa man i think sure, sure. so I'll, I'll play soil camp and you yep. can play cocoa camp and we can <laughs> we're not arguing yeah, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but on living soil, you know, I think, um, you know, it, 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 you have those extra um, my, mycorrhizae. A lot of fungi can't grow in cocoa. Some, uh, some mycorrhizae can, but not all. Uh, and then you have a lot of issues with some other microbes, just not, not really finding it the best place to host. So you don't end up with, um, you end up with a different microbial balance, I guess, than you would in soil in terms of species percentages, which is, I always found interesting. Um, but uh, uh, on the other side of it too, it's just, it's, it, I have personally seem to observe more fungus gnats uh, in the cocoa than I do in soil, which is just a, you know, random observation. Huh. And, you know, I like the cocoa because I can wick it from the bottom. It works really good that way. And then if I do it right, I can kind of keep the top kind of dry. So I don't, pretty dry. So I don't, especially if I put a little layer of perlite on it or, or something like that. So I don't get that top wet layer. So I don't get the fungus nets. I've been playing with these bottom watering things for, you know, buckets of sip buckets for probably eight years now. So my perspective is a little, little skewed when it comes to that. But well, yeah, hey, if you, I, I think that's a good point, though. If you have something that works good for you, it doesn't matter if someone has a different opinion on it. If it works good for you, don't go fucking with it. Like you might adjust it or add things to it. It's something I always tell people too. look as a home grower. If you got a method down that's working for you, like keep doing your method, maybe set up a different pot, a different way and try something new. But if you got something that works, man, don't, don't break what's, what's broke, you know, what's working. It's kind of what we were talking about, about the, you know, art versus science, man, there really is a lot. And I don't know if you call it art, but the way you would do things, you know, the way I would rebuild an engine, if I, you know, if I it would be quite, quite different than the way you would. Shout out to Brendan over there. It'd be quite different than he would. We'd all have our own different, and it'd certainly be different than Guru would, you know? So everybody's got their different techniques, and that's why everybody grow like, everybody's grows are so different, man. Um, I'm talking about my buddy, uh, Sean, Grow Guru on the show, if, if you don't know him, and he's super technical. Everything, you know, he knows the, you know, what he just is a very technical on everything. And so his grow, how about, you ever hear a saying, it goes, how, about it, how somebody does something is how they do everything. I heard that one time and I was like, dude, that's fucking pretty trippy, man. Brendan! But um, you know what I mean, dude? How, that's what, whoa, dude, you guys are tripping me out now. 
You just turned into Brendan, man. There you go. Now you're a dog, man. No, but for real. Hey, they made me do an unboxing video a couple of days ago, man. Oh, you there, guys? There you go. Yeah. Oh, he, yeah. Uh, I just did an unboxing video today. That's why I was cracking up. It's literally I just felt a like a tool, man. I felt like a complete tool. Because they wanted me to like, they were like, oh, hey, pull the foam out, man. You know, and tell me, how is the quality? Like, you don't just pull the foam out. It was like an ASMR thing they were doing. Yeah, it was no, real light. It was my own product, so, you know. It's a, yeah, it's a brand, it, new light, brand new light we're putting out. That's a big light, man. Nice, bro. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's an array that folds open. It covers a 4x4. Four four. This is a 680-watt one calling this. It's the Spectrum King LED Phoenix line, 680. New oh, one. Yeah. Legit, it's got released man. today. How's the unbox experience, man? It was actually very cool because they listened to me this time and design stuff. So it wasn't like I had to reinvent the wheel. I go, what the fuck was this? Why did they do it that way? It was what I asked Right, for. right. Yeah. Nice. Hey, the, when you grow aquaponically, does it need different lights? Because you know how you need, uh, what is it, UV lights when you have a fish tank? Well, so the UV lights for fish tanks are usually for killing uh, algae or diseases. So Got we it. run them on quarantine systems, but we generally don't run them on inline systems. Um, the other issue you have with UV and why I hate when people recommend this for hydro or aquaponics is um, if you're doing aquaculture, it's fine, right? But if you're doing plants, uh, you have to have the iron uh, above two parts per million to make a plant available. And if you have a UV sterilizer, it breaks the chelation on whatever type of iron that you're using. Uh, and then it ends up bound to that um, uh, quartz crystal sleeve that, that protects the the. Oh, wow. Lens. Uh, yeah, and you yeah. end up with this this micro. If you look at it under a microscope, there's a layer of iron that's that like basically like binds to the 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 quartz, which is it, it's beautiful, but it blocks all the light. <laughs> so basically, basically makes it un unusable after a couple months right. running at the iron levels that we run for weed. Um, the other problem is it kills. Um, it breaks down your your iron, your manganese, and your boron bioavailability. And converts them to a non-bioavailable form and just starves your plants of those. But manganese and iron being the biggest two culprits. What it does on top of that, if you use too much UV, oh, it kill all the microbes. It creates, you know, it's, it's a negative cycle, yeah. especially around fish because there's beneficial ones that help clean the fish and you, you're killing them. They're becoming slime they're, and the fish gets sick. It's a whole loop. Yeah. In fact, um, Dr. Rokosi, when he was on my show, uh, talked about this how a lot of the nitrifying bacteria actually in the water column not on the surfaces it's kind of taught wrong um uh in aquaculture uh, and and how they're testing in the laboratory kind of proved that out um but that's a a much longer discussion on that but U uv should not be used in, in the aquatic side now on the light side um yeah uh we like i really like the uvc lights for cleaning rooms so if i have powdery mildew i have uh, uh mites i have Something I was going to ask you about that. Can you introduce your my dog? That, that dog oh, is yeah, this is my dog, Draco, in the back making all the noise. Yeah. What He's is a... his name, Draco? Draco. Draco. Yeah, come here. Uh, help me out with that. I hear my kid saying Draco. What is, is he? Hang on, ready? I'm going to be the old guy. I'm 50. What, what is he, a rapper or something? What is Draco, man? No, so uh, the reason why he's named Draco is because when he was little, I'd take him outside to go to the bathroom and he would start howling up at the constellation Draco in the sky, uh, the dragon. So that's what he's named after is the constellation. This guy's not even full grown <laughs> yet. He's a, 
Yeah, he's a big... pretty happy dude, but he's great Dane sized already. He's gonna be a big boy. Yeah, he's beautiful, man. Beautiful. He's yeah. a wolf husky Malamute, and then his girlfriend is behind Brendan. You can't really see her right now. And then that's his pit bull. Yeah, Blue right, I'm gonna shut up, man. I think I think I've hijacked your show, man. No, 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 no. Uh, I wanted you to t- uh, tell us so. What are some of the things, I mean, you, you guys have just recently hit six years not too long ago. Correct me if I'm wrong, right? I, You know what? I'm not counting. I think at least six years. <laughs> it's been a minute. Now. Yeah. I think you know it was yeah, According to my math, at least. Really? Dude, what's the first show? Do we know? I'll Google it. Uh, I don't have the date of your first show, but I know that you started about six months before I started my show. And on the 17th of this month, we actually will be hitting six years. Actually, have a super awesome announcement for the the six year anniversary episode. If you guys have ever seen Mr. Green from iGrow Chronic, I actually have him. He's not done an interview publicly to date, um, so we're going to be the first one with him. So that's going to be awesome. It will be the first podcast he's ever been on. Um, so super looking forward to that. And he was the first person that I learned how to grow weed from in a video format back in like two thousand and two, two thousand and three. He was the first video I ever saw on how to grow weed before I read a Jorge Cervantes book or an Ed Rosenthal book. Uh, I watched his videos. So uh, I thought that would be super cool to uh, have him on as our anniversary guest. But it's trippy the way things you want, evolve. You want to go down memory lane, man? Can I ask? Yeah, like, dude. So tell us about like some of the early. I know. So so what, the what, first interview I, was, I did with Scotty and dude I was, was in a grow tent. Yeah. Tell him about that. Way to, way to grow back in the day. Uh, yeah, man, you know, I'm really loyal to Way to Grow, man. This is my growth store. When I first showed up uh, in 2009, I showed, dude, uh, I went there and I was just like, yo, man, I'm, you know, it's funny how you get intimidated. I was in South Florida and I was growing commercially, but I never really got any feedback on it, man. It was just like, here, yeah, it's great. Here, or, you know, that's what I would get. Great. Here you go. Here's the money. You know, it was like nobody would ever smoke it and be like, yeah, this is great or, you know, whatever. It was a commercial product. And when I uh, came to Colorado, I was really worried about that. man. you know, as everybody's talking about different strains and you had your choices of everything. So I was really intimidated, but I went to uh, Way to Grow and I talked to the owner there who was a friend of mine. He was supplying me in, in Florida. And he was saying that uh, I was like, man, what can I do to really keep up? And he goes, can of A and B, can of cocoa, 10 gallon smart pots. And I, it sounded so easy, man. And I did it. And sure enough, man, it grew really good quality weed, man. So that guy just fucking has always been good to me, man. You want a way to grow. Um, I'm sorry, I'm getting, getting lost here. But man, uh, we needed a place to do the podcast. And the dude fucking got us a 12 by 12 gorilla grow tent. Shout out to Corey from way to grow, man. Got us a 12 by 12 gorilla grow tent and let us set it up like in a loft, like above a fucking storeroom, which is probably illegal as all hell. You know, you know what I mean? But he's like, it was just like, fuck it. And that was our, like, that was our podcast studio for a while, man. The dude was so cool. Yeah, I remember, uh, I'll never forget coming on your show for the first time. I, I was coming back and my car got sideways at like 65 miles an hour on 25 and uh, hit a patch of ice and then like managed to somehow steer out of it and, and be okay. And that, that forever is burned into my memory. <laughs> Fucking A, man. Okay. You know what? On the way back. You know what I'm thinking about, man, is how I met. Can I tell this story about the, sure. the guy who really brought a whole bunch of just life and energy into the show is when we got Grow Guru. Grow Guru is Sean. He's a good friend of mine. 
but uh, we met through the DGC. He was DGC or was listening to the show. And Brendan, I was talking, we were talking about LED lights way back in the day. And all we would say is they suck, man. They're blur, blurple and they suck and blah, 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 blah. And, uh, you know, whatever. And they had a bunch of fail points. It was a bunch of Chinese stuff. And then after a while, they started getting good. You know, once the, like the Samsung, or I'm sorry, the, yeah, it's the Samsung diode, right? The, uh, the, beginning, the Kree's. The Kree's. Yeah, yeah. But once that came out, man. XR, XP. Uh, but it don't matter, man. But yeah. once that came out, man, XP. it was a game changer. And he started, uh, he st- emailed me one day. And he goes, bro, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about when it comes to LEDs. But he said it kind of in like, almost like, a, you know how he is, man? Not super douchey, but just the right of condescending, just the right amount of condescending. <laughs> but he, I was like, hey, look, man, if you want to come out and hang out and help me build a light. Oh, actually, he was like, dude, I'll help you build a real light. And then we started doing it. I was like, fuck this, man. You've got to. So I flew him out here, man. He helped me build the light. And man, we've been really great friends ever since. But that's how he came on the show. I was like, you got to move out here, brother. So you're talking about like 2010, 2011, 2012 and early LEDs? Yeah, yeah. Just the, And man, we could talk about how I'm coming up with this series. I'm spending a whole bunch of time, money and energy to do a two by four series. I want me and Soup the Gardener talked about this for a while, but the tech is there now to uh, for 800 bucks. You can set up a nice two by four, not a bargain two by four. You can do that for 400 bucks, but for 800 bucks, you can set up a nice two by four tent and get weight out of it. You know, get enough to where you never have to go to the dispensary, can share with your friends, maybe supplement your income, $100 here, $100 there. Yeah. Um, and it's because of those LED light, LED lights, and I'll say those quiet, the AC Infinity fans. Between those two things, though, they're fucking game changers, man. No, this I'm just thinking back when LEDs first came out. You know, like we were talking like 2009, they were like three thousand bucks. Yes, they do. My buddy bought one for a fish tank in 2009. You're so right. It was five Gs. Yeah. And he's like, dude, you don't understand. It's LED, man. You don't, you wouldn't get it, man. It's new tech. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, you know, I work in LEDs for years, but back then I knew Rami and, and I used to get Rami shit saying, until you can totally smoke an HPS, I'm not interested. I said, if I can spend a couple hundred bucks for this and get weight out of it, I'm going to spend 3000 on that and get half the weight, but maybe better quality. No. And, and then we started banging heads and we came up with what is now Spectrum K. But right. Getting the recipe right and understanding the plant science, it's been quantum leaps for me since then, a learning plant stuff. What I thought I knew, and I've been around the game a little bit longer than people I would like to admit, but I started slinging wheat in 1976, just to paint a picture for you. So I've been around in it for 1976. A while. Hang on one yeah. second. I'm going to try to do this and tell people we're fucking live, man. See if you get sure. We are live, right? Yeah. All right. Well, actually, we'll, we'll introduce Fumi real quick while we're doing that. <laughs> Welcome, Fumi. Yes, Fumi. Yo, what's up, man? Uh, what's going on, folks? Cheers. Dishes, man. Oh. Go over see us on Potent Ponics channel. <laughs> Fumi's got a slick new cut going on. Looking for uh, I just comb my hair. It's, I don't know. I th- I'm, sometimes Holy I don't comb shit. my hair. 
What's, What's up, Naomi? How are you, cheers. brother? Cheers, Scotty. What's going on? Oh, it's good to see nice you, to man. See you. Hang on. Let me get this done and let's hang out. All right. Time to roll a joint. Fuck yeah. This might be one of them smoke two joints. Uh, <laughs> sessions, you know? It's good, man. This is really fun. Steve, it was going to smoke a joint and then smoke yeah. another one. Is this what you that, guys do? It's more chill session, man? Pretty much. Oh, yeah, especially on Fumi's show. Fumi, yeah. why don't you tell everybody when your show is on? Uh, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays. Uh, let's see here. We try to pretend to be a little bit more serious on Tuesdays. Wednesdays are uh, Weed and Whiskey Night, and uh, Saturdays are Brews and Buds Nights. We try to in- integrate uh, micro-brews and, you know, like uh, tea and coffee and all that kind of stuff. But uh, anyway, we have a good time. We, we uh, I like to say it's a virtual cannabis pub for your favorite grower friends. So we just hang out. We have nice long-form discussions, you know. Like, where on the internet do you get to just kind of dig into stuff for three hours? You know, like pretty much on our channel. We don't allow bullshit, but we basically get into, you know, all kinds of fun subjects. So anyway. Fuck yeah, man. Yeah, man. Welcome to Hop On Anytime, man. We always have uh, uh, really chill discussions. Coot's on there all the time. Potent's on there. Yeah, man. I do enjoy hanging out with you guys, man. So, yeah, just let me know. Let's do it. Yeah, man. Right on. Um, So, uh, what are some of the more interesting, um, maybe guests or interesting things that you guys have had on over the years or maybe things that really stood out to you um, while doing your show? I know you you do all these awesome cups. Uh, I got something that I found interesting as fuck that never made, we never made it like any, any content out of it, man. Cause we were, we got invited to the USDA seed vault or seed bank. It's not invited. I invited myself, but uh, my friend used to work for the U S department of agriculture. And you know how, like I'm in Fort Collins, Colorado, and there is a, a seed vault. There's one here. Uh, like a, like the doomsday vault kind of thing. And then there's another one in like Iceland, I think, or someplace like that, someplace fucking really far up. And it's like where they collect like the world seeds, man. And it's fucking crazy, man. I actually, uh, shout out to Grambo, another DGC, but he's been uh, hanging out and maybe going to do some, a little bit of editing and try to take some of that footage we have and put it together because, uh, Super cool. Uh, there's a lot of really cool stuff like that that we did that never made it to air. But that was one of the best, man. Liquid nitrogen all over the place, man. It was just these fucking cryo chambers they had for some of this shit. It was really trippy. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, any um, interesting content you've done recently or have coming up? Man, as far as content goes, I would kind of like to keep it on the grow side if I could. I have been working so hard on these sip buckets, man. I call them real buckets because I call everything. I put real in front of everything, man. (laughs) But I'm trying to take... (coughs) Excuse me. I believe that whole two by four grow system, man. And I'm, I don't want to sell anything. I just want you to use grow dots and recharge in there. Cause that's the easiest fucking way to grow. And I want to just have people uh, see how many people we can get trying these two by four. So that's really what I've been obsessed about. And what are the fail points, man? Once you can get, that's what I was saying. The lights now that 200 fucking Watts, which doesn't make a lot of heat uh, can blow the shit out of a two by four. You know, what are the other fail points, man? It's watering. People overwater, they nutrients, they'll fuck up the nutrient mixing them, which I got the grow dots for that. 
And then pH, which as long as you're in the right range, if you use recharge, you're gonna be okay with that. And then, but the big thing, watering, man. You go away for the weekend and you fucking, uh, you, you know, you're like, dude, I've been away for <clears throat> a long weekend and my plants are drooping like a motherfucker, man. When I come, that's such stress, man. Who needs that shit? So I've been working for years on that SIP, the sub-irrigated planter bottom feeding shit. And by no means to sell anything. I have zero interest in selling plastic buckets, but just to try to come up with a fucking recipe that takes watering out of the equation. If you can take nutrients out of the equation, watering out of the equation, pH out of the equation, and be able to set up a fucking beautiful environment because you got 200 watts and, and, and a grow tent, you know, and, and a fan in there. Uh, dude, that's where I think you can convince people that don't think they can grow to grow. You know, if you're spending $1,000 a year at the dispensary, man, you know, you should, you know it, it's worth it for you to grow. Yeah, even if it's not growing all your weed or your concentrates, at least it's taking off the bulk of it, you know? Um, do you what think it, I'm oversimplifying it? No, I was going to say, what other tips do you have for smaller scale growers? Keep it simple. Uh, as far as tips go? Yeah, <laughs> uh, Specifically, I don't, I honestly, I'm not a huge smaller scale grower. I'm doing this. I've got my, this would be, this will be my first two by four tent that I grow in. I've never grown in something so small. So <laughs> I will tell you that, that uh, they've had to talk me out of putting too many plants in there. Sure. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I guess it really does depend. Do you grow large plants or small plants, Steve? Do you find, when I had Colin from Ethos over here, he swore that growing small plants were more potent. Yeah, more plants. well, more smaller more plants smaller will get plants, you better yeah. yield per per overall. square foot overall, like significantly better yield per yeah. square foot. If you're um, a so, small tent, you should keep them small anyway. So yeah, just small bags, just keep yeah. it easy. Yeah, I don't know. I'd probably try to cram six or eight of them in there and something that's yeah, yeah, really three gallons yeah. or something. One gallon, little wow, ones. Wow, really? Yeah, See, man, that's what I'm saying. You're gonna be watering them a lot. Well. Well, see, that's the thing. I don't, I'm like, I'm with you on the bottom watering. Like, even if I was going to do soil, I would just put, put a tray in the way. Yeah. Put, well, I would do soil, but at the bottom part of the soil, I would do a lot of like clay pebbles or something. Mm -hmm. So those, sure. like, like right at the very last two inches, right where those holes are, and, right. and then put a layer of burlap or something and put all the soil above that. The roots are going to grow through it. Mm -hmm. And then I can mm -hmm. just flood and drain it. And it'll it'll drink what it needs, and then I can you know if you want to be really lazy. The other cool thing is you can go away for a weekend and not stress about your right. plants. I think that's like uh, somebody asked me like the other day like how how do you go away for a long time? It's like, well, if you're running aquaponics or hydro or something or even just bottom watering soil, you don't have to you know worry about that shit. It'll just take care of itself, and you can go away you for a weekend. I think it's deep, I think know? it's kind of comical to me that people are like enslaved to their grows and can't go away for the weekend. Like that's that's I don't know a funny concept well, to me. You know, guys are like that are Uber Hydro and Rockwell and things like that. That you you have no choice. Somebody has to be there because they dry yeah. out so fast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, and it's really tough. That I had somebody shout out the warehouse, Kyle. Um, love him, does a great job. I didn't explain to him all the intricacies of my grow and I went away for a week. And when I came back, it was kind of fucked up. And he was like, what do you mean? You did, you know, you, you told me, I did what you told me to. 
And I was like, fuck, it's my art, man. It was my setup. I needed to be there and lift the pots and be like, fuck, you know nice. what I mean? Your eyes, your approach, your hands on. You my approach, man. That. Fuck yeah. yeah. Yeah, you can't teach that. You got to have the eye and the nose for it or just, that's why I think with your small tent, you're onto something. That's a scale a person can't trip balls on because it's keep it simple. But like what Steve said, if you're going to have people growing that system, soil over burlap, some hydrogen or some, you know, little rocks down the bottom, you can get away with a few extra days. You could feed them twice a week. Sure. You know? <laughs> man, I keep telling people what I think is the truth, man. It is the truth for me. For, you, know, you got to set it up. Well, that's a setup right there. And he says what I think is the truth and then the truth for me. My but, truth. <laughs> <laughs> my truth is growing ain't hard, man. Growing, yeah. if you understand that you have sound fundamentals and a sound environment, growing really good quality cannabis yeah. is not difficult at all. It's kind of borders on easy. It's as hard as, you know, uh, you know, it is probably like learning how to make good pizza. Yeah, like dough, like reading, you, know, you know, you're reading the plants, they're talking to you. What are the leaf angle? What's the leaf angle? What, what's the leaf shape? You know, what's the leaf? But that color? takes a minute. What do the edges look like? What do the veins look like? If you just look at the plant, it's yelling at you. And if you're willing to pay attention just for a few minutes, you'll go, right. Oh shit, I need this, I need that. And then you learn the tells of the strains you work with. Like when I see someone start growing, and the first thing they do is put like five strains in a tent, I go, right. oh, that, you know, get a string, get one. You know, grow that a few times. And once you see the variables start recognizing it, right? Do a little research online, which you can do these days. Find a comparable strain and branch out, start stretching a little bit. But don't like put some ridiculous indica here with some other sativa in the same tent and speed them the same and expect ma magic to happen. It's not ah, funny. that's a good fucking point, man. Yeah. That is a really good point, man. Is that even, yeah, like I have a wedding cake that is way taller than even then the gelato cake right next door to it. Then it's sister, hmm. cousin, roommate, yeah. sister's cousin and a roommate, man. You know? I kind of disagree, by the way. I throw in a dissimilar shit into the tent all the time. I just train them differently. I don't know. That's Ooh. part of the fun or the challenge or whatever. Like, honestly, like when you grow on a smaller scale, you can't really have the luxury. Like, oh, well, this one month I'm going to grow this and this other month I'm going to grow that. You just kind of grow everything. So I don't know. I've just uh, learned to, to just train them differently. But I was going to say, like, I had this funny thought, like, uh, uh, do you guys ever watch like Moto Week or Car and Driver or any of those kind oh. of car shows like on Saturday yeah. on PBS or whatever? I was just thinking to myself, imagine if all the car shows pretty much all of the time spent all their time discussing how to turn the car on how to uh, put it in first gear, how to put it in second gear when you need to, how to then switch the third gear, occasionally put it in reverse, turn right, turn left. And I was just thinking to myself, like most of the cannabis shows around there, like 95% of them basically are that. Like they tell us how to turn the car on, turn the car off, put gas in it, try not to run the car out of gas. Like just that really simple stuff. And we never or hardly ever really get into like super advanced stuff. I don't know. Am I wrong? I don't know. I was just kind of having a fun time. Definitely thought. not wrong. My <clears throat> my thoughts on that is, um, just who, uh, like I'm a super simple person. So for me to explain things really simply, you know, how somebody does something is how they do everything. Hey guys, I made it so you don't really have to water it, man. You know, I made it so you don't even have to fertilize it. You know, um, that's you know that's kind of where I'm at, but you're probably the opposite. You're probably deep. You are deep into it as, as a hobbyist, you know? Yeah. I'd say so I think a lot of us are really passionate about the, the, the grow of it. The, I think a lot of us, especially a lot of us that, that like to hang out on my show, 
we do a lot of we have a lot of people in the audience that are salt growers and stuff but we really, really as like a discussion <clears throat> we like to dig into the kind of organic aspects of it and i don't sure. know we just yeah i think we we do i think we really nerd out on those kinds of how do i say this we, I, we this is one thing that i have noticed on the show that there's a venn diagram that includes almost all of us on almost every single thing and the right circles on. slightly don't overlap so for example some of us don't like really spicy food but like <laughs> most of us really do and some of us don't like aquariums but most of us do it's really fun how many of the the interests overlap and so the same thing like we get super nerdy about just the stupidest shit you know stuff that other people on the street like what are you talking about worm compost for three hours for you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> like we get into it man we're like Did I catch this your is show the best form of substrate and blah 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 Look, Go ahead, i wanted to mention something so scotty on your show today you were talking about um ozzy man the guy that punched the kangaroo he, he punched a kangaroo and i you, yeah. I just want to say, man. Aussie CC. Yeah, I, yeah. I, lo- so, so I agree with you, Fumi's That's spot on, on, He's regularly on Fumi's show. I just wanted to mention this because you you literally talked about that on your episode today, uh, or maybe maybe it was dude that was talking. I don't about understand. Aussie man, O Z Z Y man, the guy from Australia. A friend of mine on my show was the guy that has the five or six million hits on his video where he like fist fought a kangaroo. If that's what you guys are talking about. Yes. Yes. They're talking about the same thing. (laughs) It's a small world, Scotty. That's what we're trying to say. That's that's why I wanted to say that that was really funny because he was literally on the podcast a couple weeks ago. With with... (laughs) I love that guy, man. When I'm feeling down, man, I turn that shit on, man. He makes me laugh. That and Winnebago, man. You got to have Winnebago, man. Okay. Thank you. I need more of that shit. With all, dude, you turn on anything and you're like, I got to get out of here, man. The news everywhere is so bad. I'm like, I'm turning on Aussie man, dude. You know? I mean, if, you, if you need a disconnect, go put on uh, the Holy Mountain by Arihan Jodorowsky. That you will forget all about the news. Yeah, you know what? Send me. You know, we're we're friends on on the Facebook, man. Send me some good stuff, man. For sure, man. I would tell you, just escaping into the garden is. Uh, a hell of a way to make yourself feel better. I heard from another DGC that was talking about how, you know, he's in recovery. He was real bad in the, in the heroin and that his plants are really like this huge thing that just keep him on track. I've heard that over and over again, man. It does make sense though. Going in and hanging out, being around all that life. Um, and oh, yeah, them eating it. your ass, man. They fucking need you. I call it plant therapy. Yeah, totally. I mean, you, you get in that environment, it opens your head up a, a different way, for sure. Different senses apply. You, you know, I find it super calming, but, you know, there's so much detail of things that in a regular life I cannot focus on. You know, get my ADD running wild in the rest of the world. When I get in the garden, I see things. You know, I, I kind of get in a zone. I kind of whether it's plucking leaves or trimming or moving stuff around, it's, you know, there's always something to do. The sure. plants are always asking for something to happen. Hey, we have another fun guest joined us. Coot. Cool. Alchemist Coot. Oh, my God, man. Oh, man have, uh, a legend. Scotty, have you met him yet? I have not, man. I'm nervous oh. now. Oh, man. Right. Yeah, there you go. Hello, sir. Mr. Clackamas Coot, it is great to virtually meet you, sir. He's probably still setting up his fancy keyboard. Hey, yeah. there you are, the legend, man. Yeah, I got my fancy keyboard. This should work. I'm, that's a joke, not a tr- truthiness. 
Uh, Although it is actually true because anyway. you guys have a fancy keyboard. Yeah. Coot, who, yeah, can yeah, I call uh, you Coot? Yeah, good to meet you too, sir. Appreciate it. All right. Is is Coot what you go by? Or is that what we just um, call you on the internet? Or worse, you but you can go with Coot, yeah. <laughs> All, right. All right. A huge respect it to depends, you, It depends who's addressing me. Sometimes <laughs> it's things you wouldn't, well, you'd call your worst enemy or a woman you broke up, you know, whatever. So I, I yeah. respond to anything. Except yeah, she called you. Yeah. That'd be the best. <laughs> anyway, man, respect. I learned a lot back in the day. Uh, you, somebody was, I, I think, it was Steve, you were saying that, man, the internet, you can do research on it, man. Actually, it was Brendan. You were talking about LEDs. You're like, yeah, yeah but you know, you can use the internet to learn stuff too. And back in the day, man, I was super intimidated because. <clears throat> Cause I was just kind of a commercial grower looking to try to be, you know, take the next level and bring the, uh, yeah, just get my butt a little bit better. And I really learned a lot from, uh, a lot of the stuff on your forums or whatever. Yeah. The forum days the were I interesting. It, it was yours. The forum days were interesting because, um, well, it's just, you know, I don't want to get into that whole thing, but it's just different than this or social media in general. Because uh, threads would get started, and some of them are still going ten years later, which boggles my mind. Right. I, haven't been, I haven't posted on a forum since I don't know, two thousand thirteen. I mean, nine years. Give it a rest. You know, well, why not, through. man? Why you not know? let it live forever, man? It's uh, it's great information, and dude, it's so great, man. Even as stoners, to be able to sit up at any time of the day or night, twenty four hours, and scroll and be like, all right. This guy says this. I trust this guy because he said 10 pages of, of worthwhile shit and I'm learning from him. That's that was using well, resources. Have, see, I have a book, man. The only product that I sell and that it, it grew out of a joke um, is uh, gnarly barley. And that was because Jeremy Silva. Um, I asked him about bringing it out because of it was to counterbalance this. Uh, insanity so i said well here why don't we just call it gnarly barley <laughs> and uh then i designed the package uh i put uh, ganesh on the package and with a stupid name i thought this will fly out the door and as things turned out it really did what started out as a a bar room almost i don't drink but you know a, a bar room business plan sure and uh you know, here you go let's do this and uh Anyway, so I think I have a, a award coming from the American uh, uh, Malting Association because I increased their sales. I gave them a whole new market other than making beer. So, uh, people add it to their soils and compost piles, all kinds of things to increase uh, microbial activity, which is what it's about. And what is, um, what is it? Barley what? Like oh, it's uh, malted barley, like you make make beer with. Right. So you okay, put that gotcha. in your soil, um, and you grind it up. You don't have to grind it like flour, but if you've done any beer brewing, when you go buy malt, they usually have a machine that you can run it through, and it turns it kind of like, kind of like uh, rolled oats. You know, sure. it's kind of smash its pieces, and that's right. what you want because that structure in your soil is going to uh, give you increased uh, fungal activity, protozoa, uh, even bacteria to a point, about 300 enzymes, um, you know, so. 
How'd you oh. educate yourself, man? Did you go to college for this or did you, you know, I learned most of my shit on the internet from guys like you, man. Yeah. But every time it's, yeah, I, yeah. From at uh, Oregon state. Yeah. You did. Soil, you're educated in this. Yeah. Soil biology, uh, microbiology and uh, botany. So uh, things like, you know, sometimes you have to learn to shut up. For example, this is just one example. You're talking to me personally, right? No, 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 no. I'm talking. No, I'm talking in general. No, I'm talking in general. I'm having fun. (laughs) Oh, okay. No, people will say, well, you know, I like to give this to worms because they like it. Well, that's impossible. Worms don't have a stomach. Worms don't have teeth. How could they eat something? They can't. But try to explain, you know, that's not even a fact of science. That's reality. Just get a goddamn book on entomology, look up a fucking worm and look at the diagram and show me where the teeth and the stomach is. It doesn't exist. And yet you will hear over and over and over and over. Oh, well, you know, worms really like this or they they eat. They live in shit, for Christ's sake. What do you mean they like it or they don't like it? By the way, thank you. This is what I always heard about you, man, that you don't fuck around. It's probably why I never hit you up for uh, for an interview, man. I don't know. I heard you don't fuck around. I don't have anything to sell except gnarly barley, and I only get a percentage of that, and I give away a third of that. Fact, no, that's this, what I mean is you keep it real as fuck, man. I appreciate that. Well, this past month, my wife and I, uh, our donations paid for uh, uh, 450 trees up in um, British Columbia reforestation project. So every month when I give my – there you go. He's got a mouth. It's got a uh, – a digestive tract, but you won't right. see a stomach. So Don't how can it, there's rocks? no teeth? I, I thought they took a little bit of rocks and used those to grind the stuff up. Man, if I'm well, that's right. because there's about, there's four categories of worms. Um, okay, a true earthworm is one that when it rains and you go out in your yard, you see those worms everywhere because... Sure. Worms breathe through their skin, and when it gets too wet, they have to get the hell out of town, or they're going to die. They're going to drown, right? Okay. So those are true earthworms. They go down way below the root zone and in the subsoil, and they pull up. You know those little clumps that you see on your grass in the morning? Uh, Sure. Okay, that's worm castings from an earthworm. Earthworms are not composting worms. If you were to take earthworms, and you can't, and you put them in a worm bin, they'd have about seven to ten days before they'd die. Conversely, if you took composting worms, and there's only about eight in out of 3,600 worms, if you put them in the soil, they would die because they'd lack the the body structure to go into the soil. They live in the in leaf in in manure and things like that now people will say to you well yeah the worms come up from the ground no they don't birds eat cocoons over at fumes place they fly over to my place and they poop they can't digest cocoons what goes in has to come out that's how worms spread they don't come up from the ground into your compost pile that's insane but anyway yeah, so things like that. I just, you know, I used to have fun with uh, dicking around with the uh, stoners. 
No, no, really. If you put that ammonia on there, you'll have urea. It'll be really wow. cool and groovy, you know. So uh, bro science, man. Must, yeah, bro. I can yeah, only bro imagine, science. man. I can only yeah. imagine. It must drive me nuts, man. Put licorice in your bowl in your in your pots, and you won't have uh, fungus gnats. That was that was one a couple of years ago. Black yeah. licorice drink. Well, you know, Jeremy Silva. I I uh, had heard that he had been on your program. Sure. And so I tuned in. Or excuse me, not tuned in. I went and and uh, watched several minutes of it, and um, he was under another name. I knew him as Mountain High Guy over at IC Mag, and right. um, that their uh, organic section used to get twenty four hundred to twenty six hundred posts a day, just in the organic soil section. Which really was really a minority because most of it was chemicals and sure. Sure. My new program is better than your new program, and my silly strain name is better than your silly strain name, that kind of thing. And I was just sitting there making fun of, uh, you know, the, the bro science, and uh, it just took on a life of its own. But one night I asked him, I said, do you ever write that? I'm talking about Jeremy Silva. Do you ever write this stuff down? Well, come to find out he did. And, uh, you know, now we look at him. The rest is history. Yeah, the rest is history. Uh, he's I dancing. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he's working his ass off. He's bringing his own. It, oh it's, yeah, it's his life, man. He's did it. Well, he's growing one of my uh, one of my. Uh, I don't. I'm not a breeder, but I did get involved in a breeding program last uh, season, summer, whatever. And so anyway, I sent him some seeds, and uh, he's get this. Again, I'm not a breeder, so he started. Uh, 16 seeds, eight in this soil mix and eight in another soil mix that he sells. And I don't know what those are or right. what he meant by it. But anyway, he got 100% germination. So I, and so the guy that, that did this reading, the two of us, between the two of us, we have 96 and a half years growing weed combined. So I just wrote back, I said, yo, older guys have the patience to let the goddamn seeds finish the cycle. And he thought that was pretty funny. So uh, anyway, you can watch uh, the progress on this. It's called Pakalolo One. It's a 74 Hawaiian crossed with my 1984 uh, TO, which is a Kandahar Afghani and a Thai, uh, Thai stick uh, seed from 1976. So all these are really super old genetics. So they probably don't perform like a professional strain. You know, we're not going to get, you know, uh, the kind of results that you get from like real, you know, real seeds and stuff, you know, all groovy. And more biomass, um, four pounds of light. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we try to get, you know, a pound and a half of light, you know, yeah. and Don't stuff like that. It. Yeah, no, nothing. Tastes like yeah. All the things I worry about in my life, you really wouldn't be one of them. So, yeah, definitely not. It could, do you think that growing's hard or easy? If somebody asked you, is growing, growing weed hard or is growing weed easy? What, what do you think? What would you say? I, I'm sorry. Let me turn it up. I didn't quite, I didn't want to be rude. I didn't quite. You think, just do you think growing weed is hard or easy? No. The way, uh, the way it's uh, been portrayed since 1980 when uh, Mr. Uh, Cervantes published his first uh, fantasy book about baking your soil to kill the germs and that kind of <laughs> shit. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, 
It's right up there. So. But I don't know. I just think with the way things are set up, and if you just can understand how plants work, it's, you know, if you can build a good yeah. soil. Yeah. I just don't. I think you know with the technology. It's just a plant. It's it's not all this mystical bullshit about. You know, this this one's magnesium hungry, and this this strain is. Uh, I don't know some silly ass shit. You know, um, it's La La Land. You know, get a good book on botany. Get a good book on soil microbiology and stay away from anybody that has a goofy name, you know, like California Green or something, you know, or, or Modesto Madness right. or, you know, Jesus Christ. I'll shout out to Lowenfels. I think Jeff Lowenfels does a good job uh, teaming with microbes, teaming with nutrients. You can learn a lot from those books, man. I read, yeah, I read, I've read his books. In fact, I uh, was asked to uh, review two of my, I didn't even consider the third one, um, you know, for uh, publication. Uh, the publisher in one case contacted me. So, um, uh, yeah, I've read, I've read his uh, work. I'm not a, what's the word? I'm not, I'm probably not on board on the, uh, the end all, the be all, the, some people feel compost teas are um it's neither here nor there using i i put my energy in worm castings and it's that has paid off because right. that's that's real biology that's real botany you can wrap your hand uh, arms around it. you know you got your protozoa you got your fungi you got your bacteria you got your uh aerobic nematodes I mean, they all play a role. And I think one of the dynamics that's a negative dynamic in the cannabis thing that there's a line from a book by Khalil Gibran, The Prophet. Oh, a lot of us have read. And there's a line in there that says, when you find a truth, say, don't say I found the truth, but rather say I found a truth. And I think if that approach, more people did that in a lot of aspects of life, they would find things not quite as challenging as, you know, as they do, because when you don't have a good basis, you're just running from, you know, answer to answer to answer to answer and not really having an understanding. It looks like Fumador. That's a compliment, not a... I was like, what's that? Hey, that guy does look like Fumador, doesn't he, man? Holy shit. Needs more mustache, apparently. (laughs) Hey, man, I'm... Look at that. He died at age 48. That's too young. I don't like that at all. Steve, I realize I hijacked the show. I was just... I'm enamored, man. I'm... uh, No, you're fine. uh, I would... uh, Yeah. So what are... um, uh, You know, is there anything that you guys are kind of doing different this year with your... uh, your show and your content what are, what are some of the the things people can kind of look forward to for the next uh the rest of the year with the different things you guys are cooking up man just trying to get some more breeders on there i did did enjoy the know your breeder series kind of rolled rolled through most of them that that uh, actually answered the email but uh yeah we're pretty status quo on that show man we're kind of we're kind of steady the grow talk in the uh two days a week and then just bullshitting two days a week, man. But do you do a lot of like wish- uh, 
outreach with uh, you know your your listeners and stuff like that in terms of answering their grow questions. Um, what are like some of the top most asked questions that you've been asked over and over and over? Because you've been doing your show now for for quite a few years. Uh, what what's kind of the ones? I already you... know the answer to that. It's going to be flushing. Oh Jesus! Christ. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. It is to flush. Come on, Coot. To flush or not to flush, I'll hang up and listen, sir. I mean, I'll shut up and listen. <clears throat> um, of all the things that I've addressed in my uh, posting career, the one that I that I really enjoyed the most was belittling the whole. I, I, I pH my runoff four times a day. You know what you need, <laughs> sir, is a fucking life. Here's my suggestion. Get a bicycle and spend at least two hours a day on it and stay out. on house arrest, man. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, I've never owned a pH meter. As a matter of fact, the only thing I've ever pH'd was my urine for diabetes. So, uh, you know, I'll just right, leave it right. at that. See, that's a, here's, that's a problem. What about, I mean, but specifically flushing though, man, do you, I mean, I don't no. flush and I have great I results, either. man. I don't flush. No, just pretend your garden's an outhouse. You can't flush it. How's that? Okay. I'll take it, man. So, uh, I'll take it. All right. Coot says no flush, man. They, uh, I don't know what it accomplishes. You know, I just found First that so, I don't. Here, don't here's the science. Okay. Here's the science. So the root system is controlled by below the soil. The plant is controlled by the tap root. That's the brain center above the soil. It's your Mary stem, but down below beneath the uh, uh, tap root issues out payments for cation exchange or anion exchange. Right. And the, the money, the, the, the currency is hydrogen atoms, hence the term pH, probable or possible hydrogen. You never hear that. It's just about th this acidic thing. OK, but so if the, the plant requires pick an element, I don't care. A calcium. How's that? Sure. Let me explain. Okay, so if you were to ask a chemist, how do you how do you write the symbol for calcium? The chemist would say uh, uppercase C and a lowercase A. We can all agree with that, right? Yep. Now, if you were to ask a soil biologist, a microbiologist, how do you write calcium? The the uh, scientist would say uppercase C, lowercase A, and two plus signs. Those two plus signs are to indicate that a calcium atom has multiple uh, exchange sites. And so two hydrogen atoms replaces one calcium. And that's then the, pay the plants made its payment. And now that ion element, whatever term you want to use, sure. is pulled up into the plant. It's controlled by biology unless Stoner Bob decides, well, you know, I think it needs some more fill in the blank, molendimum, boron, you know, something, whatever, whatever's really hot and cool. Right. Okay. We're going to dump it because, you know, I read somewhere, I heard this guy on it, you know, inner tube. 
And so there, they, hey, now you're guys off, on the inner tubes, man. Yeah, you're now you're off to the races. It's like who who can have the groove? It's a series of uh, tubes we're in, right? I, I, yeah, we're gonna thump around. Ion like, uh, exchange, right? Anyway, so no, I don't flush. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, in in the soil, you have electrical currents. Your ions, cations, carry a positive charge. Your anions carry a negative charge. Your big uh, cations, of course, are your magnesium, calcium, phosphorus. I'm going to get lost here in a minute. Um, oh, what? NPK you're talking about? Nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium. No, I'm just like those that carry positive charges, whereas oh, aluminum carries a I'm negative sorry. charge. And so in the soil, that's what we're talking about, paramagne paramagnetism. That's what holds those cations in place for the plant to use. Otherwise, they would get flushed out. That's that's the part that made flushing so comical, is that the bits of, hopefully, if you got a good soil, you're going to have clay. clay. Clay carries a negative charge. Just like when we were kids, you learned that you can't put two positive ends of a magnet together, right? They repel each other. Right. Clay has a negative charge, so it holds positive charge, charged ions. Calcium, magnesium, you know, the, the whole list. Right. See how it works? If it not, then every time you watered it, those all those elements would get flushed away, wouldn't they? Yeah. I see the oh, point yeah. Kuda's trying to make. Uh, so literally, like, uh, how do I say this? You hear about phosphorus runoff with conventional agriculture, basically, for example, killing fish. Like, if you're into fishing, yeah. well, roll with me on this, basically. It's kind of intersectionality or whatever. But if you're into fishing, for example, salmon fishing, the salmon runs have traditionally been destroyed. It's completely obliterated, basically. Uh, the fry, the adults, you name it, all cycles of the, the fish get obliterated. Uh, and not only that, but uh, the, there's algal blooms and stuff that basically foster predators that will eat the fish. <laughs> Like from six ways to Sunday, the salmon and the fish that you want get obliterated because of these phosphorus runoffs. Whereas in living soil, actually the opposite happens. The nutrients get bound up in that living soil and literally do not get washed away when the rain comes. So in other words, you, you quite literally could not flush a living soil. Exactly. Like if you had a non-living soil, you can have the dust bowl and everything, the topsoil washes away. But in a living soil, everything is literally bound up together in that whole soil food web. And, you know, the clay particles are lined up to this and, blah, 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 and yeah. you can't wash the, the water will just pour through, you know. In charges between microbials and plants, it's all there in balance if you have it right. It's making the frogs gay. And it also has <laughs> to do with sure. bioavailability. <laughs> Of the of that is that element uh, chelated, or is chelation going to have to take place before it can be absorbed by the uh, root system? See the the mentality from that started forty years ago with uh, how to grow your weed in ten easy steps. Okay, let's we're going to set science completely off the shelf here. We don't need that because we got this. And what is this? Well, I own a and he did. He, there, originally, in the first five grocery stores, one of them was owned by Cervantes right here in Portland, right on Foster Road. Know exactly where it's at. The House of Doom. And um, that's, that's where the silliness. Store, that's where the silliness got started. Or that all you, you had to do was go buy, buy go buy some bags of shit at the grocery store. And because it's really good, you know. No, it isn't. 
it's peat moss for Christ's sake. You want at least use sphagnum. I mean, show a little class, okay? Um, remember, well, maybe I'm not. Hopefully, you're you're old enough to remember this. We used to have tops and shake. Well, yeah, of peat is shake and sphagnum's tops. That's all you need to know. Okay. Right there. Yeah. Sphagnum. And why do, why is why is sphagnum important? Because it it has structure. It allows air and water into your root zone. Kind of a good idea. Instead of turning into mud, right? With other, the other crap you added, it, it makes it like cement because you're really worried. Well, goddamn it, I need some of that. Oh boy, I just need some more of that. Whatever it is, you know, limestone or liming agents or couldn't even explain to you what's the difference between limestone the form of calcium in that and the form of calcium that's in calcium sulfate gypsum see what i mean that that's never going to get discussed in the in the stoner world one of them's a carbonate and the other one's elemental what do you which one do you think can be absorbed quicker by the plant system a compound that has to deconstruct and unlink that carbon oxygen to the calcium right or the calcium that's by itself because it's elemental which one do you think is going to be, have a more of an impact on your soil i, I would imagine the on calcium your plant. by itself the, the ionic form of calcium would be the quick uptake the calcium carbonate and complex ones would take time to be broken down right in your life yeah exactly yeah exactly so my my view is yeah. And the, the infamous uh, coot uh, limine agent that, uh, uh, oh, never mind, that got ripped off and posted on a couple other boards several years ago, ended up at Oaksterdam U. I never even heard of Oaksterdam U, and all of a sudden <laughs> they were quoting it. But anyway, so a balance. Flattered, say, man. It doesn't matter the amount of lime, that's whatever your limine deal is. I don't care. But whatever that amount is, take it, divide it by four, make three quarters of it carbonate and one fourth elemental calcium. And we sulfur is always one of the big um, uh, micronutrients that's short. Definitely necessary for the creation of terpenes and terpenoids and almost every metabolical. But you'll never read that online. Yeah. You'll never read it. All, all sulfur is. Well, don't they use that as a fungicide? Yeah, when you burn it, and then it's, it turns into uh, sulfur dioxide, acid rain. Okay. <laughs> Before you do all that, it's called sulfur oxide, and it's water soluble. So when you add calcium, excuse me, uh, uh, gypsum to your soil, the disconnection between the two uh, elements is immediate because water splits off the uh, uh the sulfur because it's water soluble calcium isn't calcium's what our teeth are made out of i mean i right right Stephen had me on a show and the guy's trying to tell me that i said oh how does it you turn how can you turn a metallic element into a liquid without you know a nuclear reactor i mean that must be fascinating explain it to me all calciums into acids like, uh, huh? yeah <laughs> you can do it with a lot of things yeah, but yeah. you can pull somebody's teeth out and smash it with a hammer and say see 
Ow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a bad visual, right? Wouldn't it be a bitch if if if, if calcium were truly water soluble? Imagine what that would do to our skeletal system yeah. and we our teeth. About, we've talked about you before. Okay. You catch your rippers. You throw them through the wood chipper. You put them in the barrel. You weigh them. You weigh, weigh out equal parts sugar. You inoculate with your IMO two or IMO three or IMO four liquid IMO, and then just mix it all together. And then just let it sit for six months and put them in the field. Whoa, man. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're like, got heavy, man. Got you know, heavy. If you're using like, like uh, Scotty goes in cocoa, what a lot of people don't know about cocoa is that if you didn't get it buffered and balanced right, the cation exchange isn't going to be proper and your calcium's never going to get to your plant. So and. You the other, the other big, the other huge problem with core, and all of us have been on boards for at least a long time, right? This problem comes up constantly on the core only section of the forums. How come my weed doesn't have any smell? And how come it doesn't have any flavor? Well, here's a big reason, Cupcake. Core has zero sulfur. Without sulfur, the plant can't create terpenes and terpenoids. Sure. What do I need to do? Oh, I don't know. Add like a quarter cup of gypsum to a cubic foot of soil. And you can get that over at Home Depot for about, what, $9 for 50 pounds. You don't need to go to the grocery store and get, you know, core fix it juice or, you know, some silly ass name. Just use some goddamn basic science, common sense. The other thing too, make sure you spend a little bit more money and get good core if you are going to go with core. Yeah. Because the cheap core is often washed in seawater. Okay. Which oh, of means course. It's loaded with sodium. So it that's why you country, it depends company. on country of orange. Are you are we gonna talk Caribbean? Are we gonna talk Mexican? Are we gonna talk about the stuff that comes out of Belarus, the Indian oh, Ocean, Thailand? I mean, it's like core isn't universal, core is an agricultural byproduct. Means Guys, do, me a favor. do me a favor. I really don't fully understand. I couldn't explain it well enough, so I don't understand it well enough. Buffering. You guys seem to fully understand uh, the, the exchange, the buffering uh, with the calcium. Can you, can you explain that to me simply? I'm not being a smart ass. I'm being as honest as I can be. Yeah. Of all the things that I've encountered in the stoner world, Mm -hmm. the, the the current obsession with calcium completely eludes me. Ah, cow mag, man. Well, you are oh, yeah, yeah, cow mag. And well, Coot's cheating because as we were shown with the worms earlier, uh, worms literally produce calcium. Uh, uh, they uh, coat their, their food in calcium, basically. So as they're basically digesting in their crop or whatever. Yeah, calcium carbonate. So every single worm casting is just absolutely covered in freaking uh, calcium carbonate. You could never run out of uh, uh, calcium, basically, with uh, <laughs> worm casting. So Coot's like, CalMag yeah. what? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that one really cracks me up, CalMag. Of all the, that one's just funny. I mean, you remember it used to be CalMag lockout. So they, they dropped the lockout and now it's just CalMag. You know, uh, I don't know. Anyway. What do you, tell me about buffering in the cocoa. Are you, are you familiar with that? The whole, uh, what, and Steve, you, you were talking about it too. 
what is it? Or Bre- and Brendan, I think you were just talking about it. It's what's locking out is the calcium, right? The only cocoa I would trust has got the RHCP certification because it's a process, which means it's been treated properly and they, they will flush it properly. The salt's out, like Steve said, if it's salt water washed, it's going to hang on that salt and your, your calcium is just going to get ion exchanged, bumped in, taken, the plant's not going to get it. Uh, I know they soak it in something for some kind of, for uh, buffering. But you're trying to grind it and then you're trying to add a couple things into it so it actually, when the salts come out, this gets pulled in to take that spot. You know what the great thing about the internet is, man, is we're going to fucking find out. That's for sure. (laughs) Scotty, if you're going to use... A lot of people buy the the compressed bricks of core. If you do get the compressed bricks... What you do is put put your cal- like your um, uh, your buffer, uh, your calcium pH buffer, your calcium carbonate, or magnesium, or whatever it is, your whatever your mineral mixes you're going to use. Put that in the water, heat that up on the stove because you got to heat it up anyway to, to break up that brick, and then like basically just boil that. You know, bring it to a boil and then pour it on there, and then you're kind of expanding that brick and infusing it all at the same time. It's much easier uh, to put do that. the brick in the stove. Is that what you just said? No, no, no. So like I always, I always did it where we would take. Well, we were always doing it for mushrooms too, but that's a different story for a different yeah. time. But uh, we take the giant compressed bricks of coir and put them in like a thirty or fifty-five gallon trash can, and then right. boil water, a big thing of a, a stock pot of water, and then dump it in there to expand the block. Because the hot water. Works another better. idea for you. It sterilizes it. Go to your uh, horticulture. You, you got to go to a horticulture supplier, not a grocery store. All right. Forget sunlight uh, distributing or supply, whatever it is. I think it's grow generation. Though. Tell them you want the blonde core from Sri Lanka. That's what the premium core is used by for high end plants in the horticulture uh, sector. Uh, you don't even know what sticker shock is until you see this compared to what Steve's talking about, the bricks, the, the stuff used by the reptile people. Core is a big, because uh, it's basically a nerd. That's the, that's the nerd. And good. It's cast. a nerd AF. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, yeah, get some, it really, I'm serious. At least get a sample, get a five pound bag of the blonde stuff from Sri Lanka. That's, that's in the world of core. That's like uh, dankity dank or OG Kush or you know something like I don't know what I'm supposed to say here, you know. Catatonic. Yeah, catatonic man, just catatonic, it's all groovy and stuff, you know. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's a question for Scotty. What's the uh, the you know of all the what are maybe the top three or top five strains that you've been because you you know you often get lots of different things to smoke. From different fans or different places or visiting different places over the years what i mean it's amazing top, top five or top ten strains that you found um Any I, i'll go i'll go with just the most recent one that i'm so fucking impressed with is that cherry paloma it is just so easy to grow super like amazingly frosty buds man you know and it's just an easy grower and fucking Tastes and smells amazing. Great bud structure on it. So like just the, the, and I'll just say like, you know, 2022, it is 2022, right? I got that right. I got that wrong the other day. I made a flyer for me and Jordan River 
threw in an event last Friday. I put 2021 because everything's dude been so that. fucked. I know dude said 2020 on the show, and I was like, bro, it's 2022, man. He was like, oh, fuck, yeah. It's, but just the quality of just what they've been working with the past you know, I don't, whatever. I mean, it's progressed. There's such fucking dank weed out there right now. So some of the new stuff, as far as growing, is such a pleasure to grow. So I'll give that Cherry Paloma. Uh, I have nostalgia for the G13. I grew, like made a living off that for a long time. And uh, that was just uh, just a fun plant for me. I did a lot of, uh, and then I will go back to, uh, Durban Poison, if I'm going to pick a real nostalgic one, because that was the first plant I ever grew, man. My buddy gave me a, 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 a cut of Durban Poison, and then that's what I had to learn how to keep it alive in the solo cup, and fuck yeah, man, I was off to the races. Pretty unique, yeah. unique strain there, don't you think? Oh, yeah, Durban grows really well out here in Oklahoma. It loves the climate here. Uh, it's oh, yeah? The heat and the humidity. And the, sorry, we're trying to keep the dogs off the couch. You know, They're not just. Ah! <laughs> man, what do you think about how much things have changed uh, as far as strains go? You know, you always hear about this isn't your grandpa's weed. Was there weed way back? I mean, how do you compare this weed to weed back in the day? I'm sure they all got you high as fuck. Well, I'll tell you the truth. Most of the shit we smoked was crap. Okay. The reason that it's memorable, the names that you hear about, is because memorable was so isolated. The bulk was crap in a discussion. You know, <laughs> it's all neat to be nostalgic and all. You know, yeah, you know, we're sitting at the you know dead concert. And we had this really good doobie. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Was there good weed? Sure. But was it like a constant? No. Of course not. Most of it was just, you know, bunk. Hey, Steve, I just sent you a picture of uh, the new cross. I wanted to show it to you. That's uh, the uh, Pacalolo and the, the T.O. cross. I answered your email when you sent me the link. Yeah. Anyway, so that's uh, coming up through the ranks. Should be big enough to start flowering here in a week or two. Sorry, man. I wanted to show off my nostalgia right there, man. The good shit, man. This brickweed right there? That's fucking brickweed, man. My That's fucking fun. buddy was like, dude, I think I still got some of this. Like from Columbia in 1978. <laughs> it was seriously from maybe 10, 15 years ago. Oh. And I was like, nah. I was like, I gotta fucking have that, man. And then he was like, cool. And then I swear to God, he's like, well, and he went back to like like regular prices. He's like, you know, it's probably like 30 a quarter. And I'm like, well, you got to be kidding me. This is an art piece. This is a weed. <laughs> well, now we live in a world of $2 pre-rolls here in Oregon <laughs> at the dispensary. That's what we've devolved down to. Um, yeah, sign me up. I think uh, hopefully more people start growing their own. I hope really, so too. I'm really betting on that, man. I'm working. It's not rocket that. science, you know. In spite it's of not, uh, it, can be intimidating, man. It really depends who you ask, man, and what style. It sure can be difficult, and you know, I should say, growing really great weed, uh, you can get into it, man. You can. The devil's in the details, you know. If you can take just everything, I can't remember who said this, but and improve it one percent, man, you get yourself a hell of a bunch of improvements. So. 
So that plant there is 15 inches tall. And um, as you can see, it's probably, uh, obviously there's gonna be a lot of cuts be able to be taken. So for uh, production growing, you would always be producing enough cuts for, for you know, to uh, staff a, a large uh, room or whatever. And you wouldn't need as many mothers as you might with another strain. Right. What is and that? you don't have to have uh, bamboo sticks to hold them up like OG Kush or Larry's Cut or one of the other ones. I didn't know I was going to have to make an investment in bamboo stick production in the Asia to be able to grow that weed. So. I'm scared I'm going to lose my eye from a bamboo stake. I was staking my plants last night. And just sooner or later, man. It's like right here in the dance with the devil. <laughs> uh, what have been some of the best strains that you've liked as far as growing? What are some of the better ones you think for, for newer growers that you've grown? Because you've grown a lot of strains over there, uh, Scotty. And You know what? Honestly, have you guys grown the legit Gorilla Glue number four? That is such an easy, awesome strain to grow, in my opinion. It roots easy. You know, it takes, it takes cuts easy. It's a fucking beast grower. It grows fast and it grows yes. big ass buds. It's man. big buds. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I would think something like that. That would be, yeah, I don't know. Um, man, I am somebody that sticks with uh, strains for a while. Like I had this vanilla Kush that was fucking amazing. Uh, the real uh, East Coast sour diesel is fucking an amazing plant to grow. Just because a very unique smell. Yeah, those that, are some some of my favorites, man. That New York diesel, I haven't really had too much of it on the West Coast. It's definitely something I look forward to when I go home. Yeah, it really is. You, I mean, yeah, you must get into Philly a lot, no? Yeah, once I try to get out there once or twice a year. My, my family still lives out there, so I still pop in to see them. In fact, I'll be out there here at the end of March. We're going to be doing some kind of event with uh, Dirtman Dan from Embracing Organics and oh, um, yeah. uh, Tell him hi. Um, trying to uh, uh, Scott from the Cannabis Professor uh, and I are going to be all getting together. So we're going to do some kind of bar event or something to get together with everybody. All right. Steve, so you had to answer the big important question about Philly. Sure. Genos or Pats? Johnny's. Yeah, that's a good answer, man. Neither one. I think the one on South Street, Johnny's, is better. Is that right? They, have gluten -free, they got gluten-free bread over there. They have a sourdough oh, bread. Oh, fuck. I don't want to eat it then. I want all the gluten I can get. I'm a baker. It's bread. It's just I live, I live I, like When gluten. I go somewhere, I ask for extra gluten just in case. Yes. You can actually get my, uh, my, my, my old roommate bought me a bag. You can get a bag of gluten for baking, and he bought yes. it for Christmas. The answer is Pat's, though. I was in, I just seen what, about right before the pandemic, I was uh, hanging out with Steve in uh, Philadelphia, and I did. I ate both of them one day, two nights in a row. I say Pat's, man. I'll go with it. But actually, the first time I went to Philly was, uh, I don't know, 35 years ago, I guess, something like that. And so I was going to somebody like Steve, who was from Philly. And uh, we landed at the airport like, after midnight, 1230, 1 o'clock in the morning. And he tells the taxi driver, 
Pat Stakes, and I didn't know what he was talking about. Next thing I know, we're like triple park. Sure. You know how it gets they double park, triple park. Yep. So we can go up there and get sandwiches at you know one thirty in the morning, or I just cracked me up. So yeah, don't these people sleep here? You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. In like downtown Philly, a lot of those restaurants they don't close. They're open twenty four hours. Right. Or right. Factory is available. In fact, the bat we used to whenever if we would go hiking or something, or especially if we're going to hiking up in the Poconos, we go get yeah. a, a breakfast cheesesteak. So it'd be a cheesesteak and have oh. egg and cheese <laughs> and bacon. Uh, all and mushrooms or whatever Jeez. else you want on it, glued to get gluing the cheesesteak together and plate and, and then and it was like the it was like fucking like ten thousand calories in a single meal. But you oh yeah, right. In the morning right. and hike until like sundown and not be like hungry. That's awesome. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That is> awesome. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, Steve, uh, you're right. Best ones are in the just, burbs. I wanted to mention something you were talking about earlier about the different fungi and stuff and, and p- things not being researched right up where you are in the Rocky Mountains uh, uh, in Colorado. A lot of those snowbank mushrooms that live right at the snowmelt level are completely undocumented. They, they yeah. find two to, to six new species every year on the, on the Rocky Mountain range. So there's a ton of them that are not, you know, known well, at all. One event, one event that I hope comes back too. now that things are loosening, you know, getting back to normal is the annual uh, mushroom festival at Telluride. Uh, that's really a, that's a major event. And uh, I think everybody would benefit from being involved. Um, I was thinking about maybe trying to put together like a weed camp out, maybe like that'd be cool. week, of July, yeah. week of July, get together with a bunch of the weed family and, and, uh, and community and do find a place where we can all like rent the camping spots out or go up to some national forest land and do like a big giant camp out together. I think that'd be fucking dope. And they have some really great foraging trips over, the, over that weekend with local to, uh, experts that know the, I used to, you know, the lay of the land. I used to lead foraging classes up there. So I love, that's right. the reason why I was picking those weekends. Cause that's yeah. when you can get all the porcinis and the chanterelles and right. the late morels and all the goodies, all the, all the best stuff. North of where I live in uh, Southern Southwest Washington, uh, near the, uh, is the Lewis river? I don't know. One that area is a whole bunch of what the Italians call porcinis. And I forget the, uh, I'm up by Scotty. I used to pick a, a fuck ton. We used to pick up. In fact, one night I filled the whole back half of my Nova completely level with the front seat with porcinis in about an hour. Yeah. <laughs> you're what? You don't yeah, say I picked you like 1,500 Nova. pounds of porcinis that weekend. Because of all the uh, uh, trees that were damaged from the drought over the last several years, um, some of the trees are diseased and what have you, and that's the perfect opportunity for fungi to make uh, a landing and so the, your tree mushrooms which are basically your best uh, medical mushrooms you know lion's mane oysters maitake uh, rishi what have you so uh, the foraging is really kind of like exploded this year um you're seeing some really interesting mushrooms uh, being harvested that haven't been seen in a few years. So they'll take quick work of the uh, trees. So 
or what the, what remains of them you know just basically it's like a carcass back to the earth baby yeah back to the earth that's a really good way to uh what's the word um if you want to really vitalize your living soil hit it with mycelium and let that work for about five six weeks and you can get mycelium from spent uh, fruiting blocks like uh, oyster mushrooms or whatever and inoculate your soil and let the mycelium deconstruct uh, the materials, which will also see that's why it's kind of hard to explain. Humans eat food and we digest it and then we get rid of the waste. Just all animals do. Okay. Plants work a little bit differently. Plants need those, uh, they need the ions. You know, sticking a nail down in there isn't going to give you iron. Okay. Right. And putting pennies down there is going to give you copper. Okay. It might, you know, for your, put 20 greats in front of this grandchildren, great, 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 you know. But, Fungi don't eat anything. They deconstruct molecules. And that's the most difficult part for people to wrap their head around. Well, I don't want to put something that, you know, came from this, but yeah, that's why we used mycelium to deconstruct those compounds. That's called soil remediation. Don't want to, you know, interrupt your thinking, okay? If you didn't have that, then this would the planet would have been more of a toxic waste dump than it is in some parts. See what I mean? We we can use remember it, fungi was here before the plant kingdom. Plant kingdom was here before the animal kingdom. And as far as that goes, we're at the tail end of the animal kingdom. So after we do whatever it is we're gonna do to each other and to the planet, fungi is still gonna be here. And they'll fix it. They'll take it apart. Yeah. Have you ever heard that comparison? <clears throat> Excuse me. About like uh, you know, the Earth's four point six billion years old, and if you break that, it's too hard to comprehend that big of a yeah. time. So you break it down into a year. Yeah. From Ed Young, I contain multitudes, and he says you can't figure because since you can't grasp uh, what four point six billion years is, if you think about a year. You know, it's January 1st. You know, that's the, the day the, uh, and everything starts. About March is when the bacteria and fungi start. You know, June, right. July is going to be when the plants start showing yep. up. And humans show up at like 11.59 and 30 seconds. Right. You know? And I always think about like a New Year's party. And yeah. if, you're, if you're showing up at 11.59 and 30 seconds, somebody else has been there since March. Who do you think is going to be able to work you? Yeah. The guy that's been there since March. Everybody. You know, so yeah, the microbes are working us. And that's, you know, really, that's all the coots mix was. Like, here's biology. Put it together. And stop all the insanity with these crazy amendments. I mean, some yeah. of the stuff I've, you know, over, especially... Well, in the forums, because you had anybody with a mommy's uh, account, you know, to get online. So this be doing your homework, I guess. Sit on uh, forums and make stupid comments.
<laughs> I am sometimes surprised that we're, I see Steve on Facebook. He'll make me laugh. And uh, by the way, I'm part of a cheesesteak gurus group on Facebook and pizza snobs. All right. Did but you see pizza? Pizza snobs and cheesesteak gurus. But I'm also like different tent growers. I think I'm part of uh, Steve's aquaponics growers. And not mention anything about it. Sometimes I will look at some comments and I will see the. I'm like, why the fuck would you comment on something if you don't know? And, you know, some of them were the dumbest recommendations. I'm like, so, holy shit, man. So what's some of the best ones that you've heard? I'll, I'll mention a couple of mine because we've all heard some pretty just. <coughs> I wanted want to give a quick shout out to Charlie's Farm uh, for joining us. I don't know if he's too busy to, to talk. <coughs> not, we'll get yeah, sorry, tomorrow. I don't know Charlie's Farm. Welcome, I was hoping Charlie. you were going to introduce me, man. He yeah, likes, yeah. Charlie <laughs> likes to work. He's an awesome guy. What's grower. up, Charlie? Hey, what's going on, Scotty? No, I'm just honored to always be asked on. I mean, I'm a humble grower. That's all I am. Plant does all the work. I just try to help it. <laughs> right on. That's a you know, very humble. For, uh, I think almost as long as Brennan and Coot. So. Yeah, Respect, probably. Yeah, they, they got a few years on. They got a couple years on me, no doubt. There's no question. A couple few years, no doubt. Yeah, but, you know, not, not far behind. You know, no. we only had certain choices back then. If I knew Coot back then and... Oh my God! I I would have I wouldn't have failed my first five years outdoors when I was a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was a learning curve there. You know, probably three or four anyway. You know, so we got shit down a little bit. So, but yeah, it's uh, great yeah. to meet you guys, man. This is fucking awesome. Yeah, it's, really it's always a blast, and I'm honest, Steve. I mean, uh, hopefully, I can make it up to Maine, and I, I it's all it's all on my mind. Bring it up to see you guys. So hopefully, yeah. I can make it. Yeah, the region. Thanks for having me on. Uh, a blast for yeah. sure. Definitely looking forward yeah. to meeting you for sure. I think I might be able, I can do like a day. Everyone's saying go Sunday, but oh, good. you can get day tickets at the door soon. So. All right on, man. Yeah. Thanks. You run one hell of a show, Steve. This is cool. Yeah, we got some some cool people. He's a very experienced old school grower and uh, always like to have him on. He's on Fumador's channel all the time at Chronic Table. And uh just a, a, another cool, very knowledgeable, experienced grower. So it's nice to have. Um, I know Brendan had one or something to mention. No, it's, it's just okay. a cool chat checking out. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm gonna have to bail soon, unfortunately, man. Okay. Promised the wife I would have been. <laughs> so I was gonna go back and watch your interview, Scotty, with uh, uh, Mr. Silva. Sure. You got, yeah, it's contrary to popular, man. Huh? Is one of our most popular. Yeah, he's got a big following. It's pretty, pretty insane. Are you guys uh, friendly? Or you're not friendly? Anymore? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Anybody that writes me a check, I, you know, I'm an old <laughs> school. <laughs> okay. What's that expression about getting your beak wet? You know. Uh, right. Right. I'm not a uh, what do you call it? Uh, an opportunist, but I've made more than a few people over well over a million of dollars individually not accumulative sure. um sure. i know i made a lot of money for the american malting association i know i made a shitload of money for the uh acadian sea plants in nova scotia and their kelp meal uh see who else oh i probably helped the basalt industry here in the western states you know so and the local farm store that's been around since 1938 uh, that started uh, K 
Kiss Organics, Tad Hussey, he originally got all his materials from Concentrates. Jeremy Silva, that's where he got started. I mean, all these guys, I gave them all the, here, here's where you get your aloe vera powder, here's where you get your this, and here's your that, and, you know, have at it, go have fun. So they did. They helped and, a lot of good people get going, though. I think both those guys that you mentioned, both Tad and Jeremy, are good stewards of the soil. And yeah, well, they, you know, they uh, Tad, Tad's the father is the one that did all the photographs in Lowenfeld's book. Uh, you can go look at it yourself and you'll see uh, Leon Hussey is a, as the photographer uh, for the, the uh, actual microbial uh, organisms in the book. Right. Yeah. So that's when I got started. Uh, these these guys, uh, God, I hate to even say this, almost 20 years ago. Wow. Bro, I was thinking about 20 years ago, isn't that long ago, man? I did want to uh, give you a, a shout out again before you roll out. Uh, I don't know how much time you have, but I will figure either way. I'll, we'll mention you again real quick. Uh, uh, Do Grow Show, really awesome community. They have an awesome um, Discord. I pop in there quite often. Uh, they have all kinds of cool stuff going on, on their Discord and in their community. Um, they have a, a subscription thing where they have all kinds of extra cool content. Definitely check them out. Um, uh, really, I'll good go group. over there and ask a grow question. Come on, do it, man. Awesome, now you got to uh, just start commenting over there. It'd be the best, brother. It'd be the they best. have awesome grow memes that are funny. And <coughs> yeah. and, uh, yeah, awesome those guys crush stuff. it, man. So <coughs> check it out. It's a funny website. They got a great community going. Uh, and he also does cool events. He does uh, grow, Growers Cups. And the reason why I like his events, are it's cool because everybody brings their weed. You have to bring like two ounces or whatever it is. You get a little chillum as part of your ticket if you're a judge. Uh, and then they put all the jar, they assign numbers to them. So you don't know if like it's your buddy, unless you know your own, obviously you know what your weed looks like, but you don't know what any of the other ones are. So it's kind of a blind thing where it's just based on flavor and taste and, and, and you know, uh, experience of the, of the thing. And, and it's so nice to try all these different ones and have it be completely blind and have the politics kind of removed from the whole thing. And I think right. it's a really fun way to do the event. And it's something I always really look forward to each year, especially uh, pre-plague. It was definitely one of my favorite things to go to each year, for sure. Well, the plague is over, man, all right? Let's fire it up again. I don't know. It's, you know, it's going to be tough to get one going this year because there's no way we're putting an event on in April because that's like next month. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. We can fuck around. We had a really good 710 event. That was, that, was, yeah, uh, that was awesome. a lot of fun, but let's definitely, if, uh, yeah, I'd love to do the one, one where uh, there was a guy from DGC that smoked with us, did a bunch of dabs at the house beforehand, and then just like slept through the whole thing. Was that there or was that Oregon? <clears throat> he didn't sleep through the whole thing, Steve. <laughs> he couldn't move. He Same smoked thing. one bowl of something <laughs> that, uh, cool. that, <laughs> That, uh, yeah, he smoked one bowl and he, you know, he's not, I don't know. Actually, he does smoke a lot, man, but he smoked and he just goes, dude, I can't move. And then me and Steve <laughs> looking at each other like, all right, bro. And he was like, no, I can't move. And he had to just stay there for like five or six hours, man. Like he missed the event. It's my buddy, you know, I love him. But uh, I was bummed out that he missed the event, man. Weed was that good. Yeah, man. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. <laughs> Steve, why are you laughing? Why are you laughing, man? 
Oh, you got because you got to look at a you know if you if you didn't hurt nobody, you got to laugh about it afterwards. It's true, man. He ended up being able to move after five or six hours. <laughs> oh shit, man! Oh right, yeah, I promised my wife I was gonna do an hour and then come to dinner. Uh, so and then uh, you also uh, have real growers. You want to talk about that for two seconds before you roll out? I, absolutely, man. Real growers is my company. It's my obsession. Uh, and anyway, I'm trying to make grow growing very simple. And I started out with Real Growers Recharge, which is microbes. It's a bunch of bacteria, uh, uh, trichoderma, uh, mycorrhizae fungi, and uh, kelp molasses, just a bunch of humic fulvics, aminos, just a bunch of, what do they call them, value adds to where whatever I could put in, in a microbial pack. They call it a super pack, but uh, I did. And so anyway, that's my product. And then just on the same philosophy of trying to make growing really simple. I came up with the all-in-one granular that is a program release. So it's just a, has some staggered PK release in there and it's a really cool it's called Grodox. And I'm proud of the simple system. It's two products to make growing. It's a complete system. And my goal is to make growing really easy for people to get more people uh, trying, you know, buying a two by four, investing 800 bucks in it and coming up with really good weed where they're like, I like this, man. That is my goal. And uh, that's what Real Growers is about. Well, always fun to have you on uh, by hanging out with you at the bakery. Uh, I see you've done some new improvements to it. So definitely looking forward to seeing what you've been doing up there. It looks well, get uh, your butt over here, busy. man. Come on. You know where I oh, stay? Oh, yeah. I plan on getting up there this next couple of months at some point, for sure. Just but, don't quite know when yet. It was good to see everybody. And uh, Coot, it was oh, good yeah. to meet you, brother. Absolutely. Scotty, a pleasure. Absolutely, yeah. It was great sorry, meeting you, Scotty. I don't, I don't see on there, Charlie. You're not on my screen. I thought you hung up, brother. But yeah, no good, good to meet you guys, man. It's all good, man. And Fumi, respect, man. I always like seeing you. I see you on... Uh, uh, the Embracing Organic Show, man. You're yeah, good. Man. Cheers, dude. Yeah, absolutely, man. You got a radio voice, brother. Oh, thank you, buddy. Yeah, he's got a... No, honestly, you say intelligent shit, man. I really appreciate you, brother. You got to come thank kick you. it with us sometime over on his show on like a, a Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday night or something when you're not doing anything. Come, come hang out. Yeah, you man. know what, man? <clears throat> this has been a great time, so you don't have to twist my arm, man. <laughs> hey, before you go, Scotty, uh, both these gentlemen, Steve and uh, Fume, had one of my, uh, well, really, and I mean this all sincerity, personal heroes in this thing, uh, Dr. Robert Foss, the founder of BioAg, uh, the famous humic acid and the first guy that sure. brought the terms fulvic acid to the sure. discussion. Yeah, there you go. Full power. You can see Oregon and California, you can't use the word uh, fulvic. You can't use it in advertising. You can't use it in any kind of description. It's more complicated than you would care about, but they view it as a subset of humic, which technically it is. You you have to isolate humic acid, and from that you extract the fulvic acid. That's the way Dr. Foss does it. Right. And uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, this guy wrote the. I mean, he was he was doing this work in in fifty two years ago, pulling humic and fulvic acids out of kelp. Is that amazing? 
Yeah, is he around or is he? Still oh yeah, 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 yeah. He graduated. He got his PhD in '68. I follow this guy's career like some guys follow sports players. I mean, I know this guy's <laughs> this gentleman's career. And yeah, awesome yeah, I'm on the show. Oh, he's been teasing. Oh, man, he's, he's we're gonna do like guy. a live uh, Coot and Faust uh, debate. Maybe we're gonna do something fun, like have them thumb wrestle or something. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun I was times. Say, yeah, dude, you could be the ringmaster or for that. Baking, bro. maybe we're gonna. I don't know. We're gonna do something oh. fun. Uh, no, really kayaking yeah. with Coot and Faust or something. Fumi, Fumi has the best radio voice, though. I agree. He's the best. I agree, Thank you, gentlemen. Yeah. He's late night in a world late where. Night I'm the, mor- I'm the morning guy. Foss would be a good guest on your program. Oh, uh, yeah, no, excuse I'm, me. I'm, Dr. Foss would be a good guest on your program. Coot and uh, Steve, would you help me facilitate that, man? Yeah. yeah. I'll, 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 I'll give him a good word. Give, you, give him a good word about you is what I was trying to utter. Successful. Awesome. Yeah, I would love that, man. I would love that. Maybe. Yeah, he's a he's a real scientist. I mean, this isn't, sure. you know, cash crop stupid and his uh, idiot cousin. You know, uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I'll shut up and like. He's also actually him. related to the mythical Doctor Faust of German history, who supposedly sold his soul to the devil. I was like for real, I asked him. He's like, "Yeah, I looked it up on Ancestry.com." <laughs> I actually am. I'll make sure you tell him. You uh, he's a true. Uh, he was raised in it. Biodynamics, the German uh, Demeter uh, group, you know, the guys that bury the horn with yarrow flowers for a year under a full moon and do the Satan's dance in the middle of June or something. I don't know. I can't follow the whole thing. But uh, mostly lack of interest. But yeah, anyway, so he's really like multifaceted in his knowledge it's not just this little sliver he's got the he headed up the uh biodynamic farming group in hawaii for like 10 years no small job you know uh yeah there you go <laughs> who's what's his name Anton LaVey, LaVey, right? yeah. <laughs> oh, the satanist what, what was his name and the Anton LaVey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I had a friend in Laguna that took way too much acid in the late 60s, and he used to just get off on a rant about that guy for hours at something I was completely devoid of any interest in. Right. You know, we could have been talking about collecting Corvairs or something, you know, from the late 50s. Jesus yeah, Christ, man. Flintstones, man. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you'd like having Fost, uh, Dr. Fost on. The guy knows what he's talking about. Uh, yeah. There you right, go. I'm down. We're talking um, yeah, about. if you could help me uh, facilitate that, I would buy Oh, it. yeah, that'd be great. Oh, yeah, no problem. Thanks. And maybe I can get you on the show, too. Sure. I'll go on and uh, I'll, I'll insult somebody for you. Excellent, man. I'll give you a list before we go on. <laughs> no, I didn't mean personalities. I just meant groups, you know. I'm still trying to do this thing about worms eat this and worms eat that. Right. Yeah. Okay. Sure. You know, uh, there's say, a body of work back about, it, you know, 500 years, but I, don't let me interrupt your thinking, you know? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Lay it on me here. Yeah, and then, that's awesome. 
So I, I was thinking maybe a fruit of the month, you know, everything's got to be tech. So my first uh, foray was mangosteens. How, mangosteen tech. You put it in your soil and the worms will eat it or something. I don't know, whatever. And then we could do... Uh, yeah, fuck that avocado tech. I'm going for kiwi tech. Yeah, that's the new shit right there. Kiwi tech. Which the actual precision. name? You know, that's See the, the size apple. of an avocado. There's no way you can get that precision yeah. motility of the freaking angle of the dangle. You got to get the the kiwi. Well, they look like chimpanzee testicles. That would be a good name. I'd feel bad for uh, the chimpanzees ah. though. No chimpanzees were harmed in the making of kiwi tech. That's right. Kids? In fact, we print that on the bottle of every. Uh, the, All right, the, brother. The bag of every kiwi. Ninety-five hundred, man. Hey, uh, Fumi, read your, read your message real quick on Zoom. Uh, yes. Excellent, amigo. Appreciate the hell out of it, guys. Which... You're welcome. Take care. Cheers, Billy. Is Australian grown the guy you were talking about earlier? All right, Fumi, I got I a question so. for you before I screw up my camera. No, so, no, no, no. We were talking about Ozzy. We were talking about Ozzy. Okay, sorry. Ozzy CC. No, I got a question for you. Thank you hmm. to Scotty for coming on. Be sure to check out Dude Grow Show and RealGrowers.com. Uh, Scotty is always oh, for a sure. great dude to come on the show again. Also, uh, he, he, his show is part of the reason why this show exists. So uh, shout out to Scotty and, and Dude for real. I've been watching them for years. Hell yeah. Constant, you know what I mean? They're, they're pretty much the biggest name in cannabis content. Yeah, yeah. and they're great guys. It's, yep. It was relatable, you know? Definitely down there. Go ahead, Coot. Okay, so the camera has a three uh, inputs: USB C. Um, I don't remember the other one, but a two point five millimeter jack. That's really neat, except that the majority of microphones that have. Uh, have 3.5 millimeter. So is there any damp possible damage if I use a, an adapter from a 3.5 down to a, a uh, 3.5 millimeter to a 2.5 millimeter? Shouldn't be. Yeah. Uh, Fuji probably even makes an adapter or somebody probably makes an adapter for that. Well, they do. They, they, they give it to you when you buy one of their overpriced <laughs> microphones that everybody's out of. I mean, I'm talking Adorama. I'm talking B&H video. I'm talking Amazon. Nobody's got the goddamn thing. So I found the adapters. They're like $7. So I had to buy something stupid on Amazon. My favorite, I want to repeat that, my favorite uh, retailer. Uh, you know, get it the next day. So, uh, <laughs> hey, fuck it. Jeff's got more money than I got. You know, I don't care. That. That's true. All right. But anyway, so I, that right. was my only concern. You call him Mr. Penile Rocket Man. Yeah, I know. No? Hey. Right. So, I'm, so I'm still that. trying to figure out how I can sell something for $700 a gallon and not have to tell anybody what's in it. That's my goal. $700 a gallon of water. For yeah. what, silica? No, no, every time I go to the grocery yeah, store, yeah, well, I used you. to. It's, it's proprietary. The, a friend of mine uh, used to manage the the local grocery store. I guess now that I think about it, another friend manages the same grocery store. But anyway, long story short, I used to hang out every once in a while, you know, just shoot the shit as one does yeah. at the grocery store, right? What are you, you going to do, right? It's like the lo local watering hole or whatever. We would joke, like, 
the, you know, I mean, it's kind of a morbid joke, I guess. But I mean, like, uh, we would joke that basically, by the way, this is not like thief advice or something. Uh, we would joke like, you know, they have shoplifters and the shoplifters would just basically steal something that was kind of close to the door. And it was never valuable. It'd be like yeah. a bag of soil or whatever. You know, it'd be a bag of like yeah. nutrients. It's like $15 or whatever. And we would always joke because like, seriously, like right behind the counter or right next to the counter, not obstructed by a fence or security guards or anything else were like bottle like liter jugs of silica liquid silica that cost like a thousand dollars seriously like a thousand dollars like retail they're yeah. rather like a gallon sometimes would be like fifteen hundred or two thousand dollars can you imagine walking out with a jug that's two thousand dollars i mean first of all you you open it up as a thief and you're like the fuck is this they probably think that there's gold in it right or plat or ground up rolexes as i joke but no not even grow just literally silica yeah, I told them jug. When I was at um, when I was at uh, when I was managing those stores, one of the stores in Brockton was right across from the methadone clinic, and they, they, when it was bad weather, they'd come in, you know, till the place opened in the morning, and um, they used to try and steal the uh, three four hundred dollar bottles of the uh, advanced nutrient shit. Uh, <laughs> it was big fucking two right. two liters or two and a half liter, whatever the hell they are. I mean, uh. Whatever the hell. Grows your plants yeah. for one and a half days. One dude, the... one yeah, one dude got me for a brand new Nanolux when the Digis were first coming out. Nanolux was, had had a pretty good freaking brand. Um, yeah, they were like you know, seven hundred, eight hundred, seven fifty, I think, for a thousand water with the boost. And uh, yeah, guy got away with it, man. I, I noticed it like two minutes after he left. I'm like, wait a second, we only had four of those. Now there were three. Like, Can you understand why I turned down? I mean, not just turned down, but abrupt stop to any ideas about putting my name on a bag of soil yeah i mean you should put your name on something expensive coot uh what's fancy yeah. um whatever it is it'll sell swiss watches that'd be good yeah what else <laughs> uh what what do you enjoy but you don't really want to pay for that's what you should put your name on and Boats, nothing, I've I've done yachts. all the uh, stupid. Coot approved yacht. He'll approve your yacht. I made fortunes and lost fortunes. One. It was a real roller coaster. I would totally endorse yachts, Coot. Just for just saying, like throwing it out there, like if someone needs the Fumador endorsed yacht. Just give me a yacht. I'll endorse your yachts. I could do. Well, I could, you know, the one thing I could do because it would appeal to any kind yacht. of grower. Hydroponics, uh, some goofy, you know, soil mix they buy over at Walmart or, you know, Target or whatever, uh, or uh, Living Soil. And uh, there, I showed you guys when you were here, the uh, soil science, the really heavy-duty, uh, they call them air pruning pots in the trade. The roots hit the side of the wall of the container and they stop growing that way and now they fill in. So you end up with more root mass, which is their uh, benefit. Uh, that's the benefit that you get at a on a commercial because the more air you can get into the root zone, the faster your plants will grow. That's a fact. And not, uh, if I'm not mistaken, two coots, right? Um, cuts clones. They don't, you know, obviously they don't have a tap root, so they actually grow, their roots initially grow laterally, so they're going to go yeah. to the side of the pot first. So right. the root air prune itself, and it right. creates. So even for a clone, that's it's even right. better. You should even check them out because. I've used, so I, use. I was the one that introduced uh, well, uh, smart pots, what, 15 years ago on, on IC Mag. 
and then a bunch of knockoffs came. I don't want to go through them all, but you know, yeah. those are made. made in Oklahoma. Well, they were until they, uh, uh, Hawthorne bought them. They were made, they started the company right in uh, Oklahoma, and that's where they were manufactured. Uh, they actually ma manufactured the material, it wasn't a China connection thing. Yeah. But now that it's owned by Hawthorne, I couldn't uh, In the store, we couldn't keep them on the shelves, and that's the only brand at the time that, that was out there. Grassroots, yeah. all right. those hadn't come out yet. So. Yeah. And the Chinese well, these out. hadn't really. It's called Rain Science. They're down in uh, uh, Florida. And the guy, he's got neem trees on his property. Can you imagine? So uh, he got the seeds out of Mexico. India has blocked the... Uh, export of seeds since uh, the 90s when uh, um, oh the big conglomerate tried to overtake the went all the way to this uh, world court at the Hague could I have two words for you oh, on, a, on a serious hey. note Gus Bacho Tech well there you go how about humus or, or, or Baba Ganesh. Baba Ganesh Tech. Now that's got Baba a nice Ganesh Tech. I'm, I'm down with <laughs> it. With that I don't have to hear more. I'd like to hear more about the You could let Ganesh the uh, tahini like, cover the smoke of your weed. That would be the selling point <laughs> on that one. All right. Yeah. What Baba about the olive oil? Does it enhance or does it detract? Can you use the olive oil as a foliar? <laughs> Why not? You know. Yeah. I mean, you're going to go stupid, man. So, do it right. You know, I mean, do the yeah. whole thing. Right? Gonna yeah. do it, do it, yeah, go all the way. Yeah, do it right, man. Fuck. Go all the way. Uh, tabuli tech. Tabuli like tech. There we go. We can Hank conquer Kill. the Middle East, the mar the Middle East market. We're, I mean, they're just they're ripe for this. Tabuli tech. They don't yeah, have avocados Islam's there. I think Islam's ready for a bunch of weed growers. I don't know. They might have avocados I assume they don't have avocados. Yeah. They grow a lot of weed in Morocco and Afghanistan and Lebanon. They're mostly Islamic, right? No, no. I'm talking about this deal. Okay. You tabuli know, tech, I'm telling you. Yeah, tabuli tank. There you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it brings out that dank worm goodness. Or pita pot. There you go, pita. Pita bread. You know. Well, but I'm worried that we're going to anger the actual group, the animal rights group, pita. So I, I feel like maybe we should stay away from that. Syrian. I had bread. thought about it. You know, bread is, is pretty bread. popular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Baba Ganoush, though, I'm down with that. Eggplant tech. And then, I mean, there's even an emoji for it on the iPhone, right? Yeah, that's honest. obviously what it means when you use the eggplant emoji. That's what you're talking about, Baba Ganesh. Right, right, right. That, so. PETA has kill shelters that they fund, so they, they don't really have any room to talk Yeah, about. that's one of the things. It's kind of it's better off not even bringing them up, though, because you... Yeah. yeah. Have, you ever, have you ever been attacked by... not even going to go into it. No, I'm oh. an avid animal lover. I've worked in the Department of the Interior, licensed to ban raptors. I'm, you know, all kinds of animals. You're a different kind of group. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah, exactly. Killer right here. Great example. Nice looking cat. Yeah, he keeps the dogs in line. You run her out? <laughs> iMedic is asking where to grow the patchouli. Uh, patchouli Tech is actually another product that uh, Kud and I are working on. That's still in prototype phase. We weren't really uh, ready to announce it yet, but uh, yeah, Kud, it brings out that extra dankness, doesn't it? The but pine the terps and stuff. The patchouli Tech, it's good stuff. But the patchouli, the hippie girl Tech, really, we call it. Plant every twelve hours. Yeah. 
The chili was used. Nighttime patrolier. Okay, chili <laughs> was used in my youth. So we're talking fifty-three years ago, and you would spread it around your car in small drops, and it would cover up the smell of cannabis. So if you got pulled over, because you were going to jail, it wasn't like today. You know, four seeds in your floorboard, and you had serious legal problems. Um, I still can't believe that they knew what kind of seed it was. Like that's some serious botany. Banaka blast, that banaka mouthwash blast. You know that stuff that's super strong. Oh yeah, yeah, banaka. Yeah, Yeah, you had that and uh, visine. Yeah, yeah, visine. There was this whole ritual you went through when you smoked this crappy weed rolled up in yellow papers, yellow zigzags, weed straw. I used to keep Jarum club cigarettes in my club box. Yes, I got pulled over. You light one of them up, that'll smother anything. Including a friend of mine borrowed his mom. This was, this was at that time was not a norm. She had a '67 uh, Volkswagen Beetle, and they had these little tiny ashtrays. And so he he had a license. He didn't steal it. But he took it on a Friday night, and the next morning she's waking him up, wanting to know why there's so many wood matches in her uh, ashtray because he was using it to smoke hash. You know, so. Driving. <laughs> Go ahead. We weren't very needle, bright. You know. Needles. My parents used to see a needle in a in a mag into the cover of a magazine and be like, "What the hell? What the hell is this? Somebody's gonna kill themselves and put it through their hand because we forget to take the needle out while smoking out of the glass." <laughs> you should have played him, uh, Neil Young, uh, "The Needle and the Damage Done." Right, right. It's one of my favorite songs, actually, by Neil Young. Because every junkie's like a it really is. Man. You know, say fuck yeah. Neil like a talking baby. about all the guys that died you know everybody that they lost in the in the music industry from heroin you know from just everybody he was just so devastated i mean one of his original bandmates wasn't it from uh, buffalo springfield that overdosed i can't remember who it was oh you're but, talking about parsons yeah yeah um did a, a, a duet with uh god love hurts yeah. he, they didn't write it but uh that's God, what was his first name? Parsons was his last name. Really, a, a really, God drank himself to death and yeah, yeah, found him you know, dead out lost, in the desert, heroin and all kinds of shit yeah, in his body. Yeah. We lost that dude uh, from Chicago early too. Chicago was one of my favorite bands back then. And that dude, old timer uh, from the old uh, what's his name? The guitarist here, Overgirl. Yeah, yeah, he just, yeah. He just died today or Saturday. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I was a uh, old timer too. This would have been like circa ninety eight, ninety seven, and uh, that was the board that later. That's how Gypsy Nirvana got the keys to the front door of IC Mag. That he was. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. That's just, that's another story from another time, you know, another generation. Uh, for for anyone wanting to know more, I have the only interview he's ever done that's full length on the show on episode eighty eight or something like that, eighty seven. Oh. Right after it was like three days after he beat the DEA case. Wow. Week it was like the week or two, like right right after. I thought that the uh, uh, the Brits would uh, roast him. See, that's where he lived and was based. But 
Yeah, that was a wild, uh, wild case. No shit. <laughs> he, sent me a, a he sent me a personal wrote. message one time, and basically, well, not basically, exact words were, "Quit pissing off my advertisers. I need them. I don't need you." And I wrote back, "Hey, I can understand that. This is a business deal, you know." So, uh, yeah, he was fair, but you know, direct because he had some serious advertisers. Um, well, three or four of them are dead now, so it doesn't matter. We didn't live a very good life. We don't live a long time. Yeah. The, uh, old timer one passed away. I don't, I didn't know him, but I know a lot of people. Uh, yeah, he was a great guy. Remember uh, uh, B.O.G., Bush Hill Grower, the guy that lived in the cave? Oh, yeah. This, we've got, had some really interesting... Uh, Blue Moon Rocks was his uh, one of his famous strains. That was in the era of the uh, um, gentleman with Blueberry, uh, DJ Short. There was a whole bunch... Of, I wouldn't say a whole bunch, but there were several what were considered maybe they weren't maybe they were but anyway serious uh breeders and what have you from the skunk day you know the skunk and the haze and all that stuff so but yeah old timer was really a, a real like what do you call it he was really stable you know he didn't buy into the latest uh smoke and mirrors or um you know so, I always found I always found to be really helpful and uh I had written an article at that point that appeared in uh, Sense of Mia Tips. Uh, I know you interviewed him, Tom Alexander, yep. his yep. publication. And then and then he had Growing Edge for several years. Um yeah, Tom Alexander was in the first 100 episodes, I think. Yeah. So anyway, old timer knew me from that. Um, that article I wrote about old seeds. Uh, you know, whatever. What uh, What have you been up to, Fumi? What have you been up to in the garden? Uh, just banning a troll who's trying to start shit. I don't understand. Uh... Just a moment as I uh, ban the guy. There you go. I don't know. People are always trying to start shit on our channels, and I'm just like, yeah. why? Why are you trying yeah. to start shit on these channels? These are not. That's not about it. Like, uh, it's so yeah. easy to ban them too. Like, I used to care about it. Now I'm just so dip dispassionate about it. It's so fucking funny. Like, they, I mean, they try to rile you up, and it's just like, why? Why? Why would yeah. you talk about that kind of stuff? Talk about happy shit. Talk about fun stuff. Talk about weed. Talk about. Yeah. Sunny okay. days. It was a nice sunny day today. I had a coot. I had a really great pizza today. I had a pizza margarita. Beautiful. Uh, just a cheese pizza, but it's just so, so freaking simple, so good. Wood fired cheese pizza. Mwah. Chef's kiss. You know? From where? What's your shit. place? What's your place? Oh, there's all kinds of places. That was actually a new place. I can't even remember the name of it right now. It's just some wood fired yeah. place here in town. I'm a pizza uh, Yeah, I'm man. Pizza. Oh, it was so good. I got the best news for you since you lived What's that? Here. <clears throat> at uh, what used to be 
they operated under the name Cash and Carry. Uh, that was part of United Grocers, and then they were bought out now by uh, U.S. Foods called Chef's Table, and it's open to the public, but you get, well, not, well, whatever. Anyway, so in the United States, um, it might be North America. I'm, I'm not, I don't know about that, but I do know in the United States, we rate our flour by the percentage of protein. So all purpose is like 10, these are round, rounded numbers. Um, all purpose is nine and a half to about 10 and a half. And then uh, high gluten flour or bread flour, the names, you can call it whatever you want, comes in like at 12 and a half to 13, 13 and a half. Okay, so that's how we do it in this country. In Italy, they go by the fineness of the, the mill. So a chunky is a number two. And when you get down to double zero, it's like baby powder. And that's the preferred flour to make pizza is double O, double zero, not O like typing O in a word. Okay, so they're carrying Nepa, the Neapolitan uh, pizza flour. It's double O. And get this, it's unenriched, so they haven't fucked with it. Hmm. So there's no, not going to be any off flavors. It's just strictly milled wheat, and that's it. And get this, you only have to buy it in 25-pound uh, bags. Hmm. It's like $13 and something. So if you want to learn how to make really, really good pizza, you want to use the best flour you can get your hands on, and you can look that up yourself. That's the one you want is double O. And usually people are not paying attention to what Kud is trying to do. Kud is a little bit like Mephistopheles. We were just talking about Dr. Faust. So Dr. Faust sold his soul to Mephistopheles. Kud is trying to get us all to basically bake artisanal dough so that he can then basically nerd out on artisanal dough with fellow weed nerds. He converted uh, uh, Jeremy at Build-A-Soil to like now a passionate bread and pizza baker. Now he's literally trying to do it. He, he doesn't think we notice. He doesn't think we notice that he's trying to add to our hobby list. See, Charlie's Farm is now onto it now. He's really, because Charlie's Farm was falling for it. He was like, all right, I'm going to cash and carry, and then he I got to get the dough, agenda. and then what else do I yeah. got to do again? Bacon now bread. he realizes, fuck, no, not the pizza. Sh oh, okay, okay, all right, all right. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, yeah, man. When you make oh. a, a true New York he's, style he's pizza, thin crust, where you get that crack when you you know yeah not the just inside not this casserole up in chicago Jeez, cardboard. As a pizza. that's a you know it's like that's somebody right, barfed uh, raviolis in your plate or something oh. <laughs> what do you think but anyway the... i was going to tell you that with all the uh, on the uh, youtube all the pizza how to do a pizza channels I mean, that's a cheap hobby to get a bag of flour, 25 pounds for I make Greek uh, 13 pizza for years. As a teenager, I made the Greek, you know, the pan pizza. Working yeah. Greeks in my neighborhood down in the small town I grew up in. So. Actually, pan pizza, in my opinion, Good. is the best tasting and it's the easiest. And if you get a carbon steel, not aluminum, but a carbon steel pan, which is going to set you back some money, you know, going to be up front with you but that's going to give you a crust like 
you could have had, or maybe you did have in Detroit, the Detroit-style pizza. They put a lot of, not a lot, but they put enough oil in it when they put the dough in it, and it, they put it in the oven, it almost fries that dough, so you get this really good crust with a lot of fat, and that's what humans like is fat. And anyway, so uh, that's a lot easier than trying to be More really cool and spin it out over your things, head and do that malarkey. Things have changed quite a bit, though, I always say, because that was a long, long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know. We were the only pizza town, pizza place in town. One, Another one didn't open for like another five years. You know, and that was after I, I left that place. We had to line out the door every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, just the, the normal subs and stuff. Yeah, I had a great time working there because, you know, all the girls came in, my brothers came in, everybody ate for free. <laughs> so, you know, they'd rack up a bill before they went to a concert. <laughs> my brother would feed nine of his friends. <laughs> Partner was one, uh, one of the uh, epicenters of the artisan bread movement in the 90s. Uh, Ken's Artisan Breads was a big one. Uh, 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 Tim Healy, uh, Little Tim's American Bakery out on Division and like 35th. Um, this is where it started. It was Portland, Seattle, and San Francisco. That was like the uh, when the uh, history of the artisan bread movement in America is, is written, it'll be those three cities that were the, it, not that it isn't all across the country now, probably even in Tulsa, you know, I'm sure there's artisan bakeries, but uh, it we have one. We have one around here called uh, When Pigs Fly. That's the, the local one, yeah. And it's the only one that that's I know a that- cool, no, That's a cool name. Yeah, when it's, it's, yeah. it's the only one I know is right in Malden, Mass, right in the Malden, uh, Medford, like, it's like a tri-corner of a couple of uh, cities. Oh, I just but bought a. Uh, so good. Because it's cheaper to get in a pail per pound than to get a bag. So that you, whenever you order wheat online, you want to get it in a pail. Because they get charged less by the carrier, in this case, UPS, whatever. Anyway, it's the oldest wheat. Uh, it dates back about 7,000 years and it hasn't been hybridized ever called Einkorn, that's the German name, E-I-N-K-O-R-N. It doesn't have uh, gluten, does it, I think? I think well, it has, a, it has gluten that hasn't been fucked with. Huh. And so uh, we're not talking celiac disease, but we are talking about uh, people that have gluten intolerance find that eating the heirloom, and there's only four or five heirloom uh, wheats, spelt uh, Kamut, which is Korashan, uh, Emmer, the Italians call that farro, and then uh, this uh, einkorn, and um, it doesn't even look like wheat. Now, and here's a reason why it will never be a big crop. It would take at least two kernels of einkorn to even come close to red wheat that is grown for bread around the world. I mean, we're the world supplier for wheat. We're the only ones that have the real estate. So, Unfortunately, the prices they say are going to go up now because of the Russia-Ukraine thing, oh, uh, because they produce about 25% of the wheat worldwide. Yeah. Uh, especially they produce uh, uh, most of the supply that goes to Africa and stuff, so actually there might be some, honest to God, famines well, in Africa. Well, here's another one. Shit. But think about uh, how it will grow once with all the blood of the Russian soldiers that they're just mowing down. Oh, the man, there was a badass video today with the Ukrainian uh, women 
they're all lined up uh, with you know masks so no one can recognize them and stuff and they've got their guns and shit and this one woman in the front is like we've taken our children to a safe place we're joining our men we're gonna fight you we're gonna for every single house and baby and eat for every barn you fucked up we're gonna hunt you like rabid dogs but it's fun wow, it's badass holy shit they're not fucking around Zelensky was in his Zelensky was in his uh, office today the, the official president's office today with yeah. video. Right. that's right literally giving Putin the dude. finger bringing right. Putin the finger those, those people are dug in and if he brings in those mercenaries they say they're going to dig even they're, more. They'll kill them again. They're be, yeah. yeah, they're hostiles. You kidding me? They, 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 they're estimating half a million Ukrainians armed. Half a million, they say. That's why they've been. Dude, able it's to... kind of hilarious. I think a lot of people don't realize. Uh, do they remember Vladimir and uh, what's his fuck uh, Klitschko? Sad. Vladimir <laughs> and. Uh, what was his brother's name? Anyway, world world heavyweight boxing champions. Vladimir Klitschko is literally the mayor of Kiev. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Right. And he's not an idiot either. Like he's he's right. super fucking smart. He's out there every Absolutely. single day. He's like, we're literally gonna fight to the last man. Just today, yeah. he was basically like, we're gonna fight you to the death. Da 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 da. Yeah, they're not, they're not gonna around. give up. They're totally. Different. They just can't believe that it's happening. They're still in shock half of them. You know what I mean? I like, mean, it's oh my god. We they have family. They have friends. They have, you know, it's it's almost like a symbiotic relationship they've had, friendly to an extent, but two families. Yeah, they cross borders. Of course they do. It's like a civil war almost. They can't believe their mm. brother's coming over here to kill us. Oh, yeah, man. So, uh, Charlie, uh, Charlie's Farm, do you want to show us a little bit about your grow there or give us a little walkthrough? I don't know. Yeah, kinda... they need a desperate water, but we'll definitely take a, a, a peek. Sure. sure. Yeah, sure. That's sure. what you got. Let me put this on the full screen. Uh, try to, uh, you can see they kind of need here. Yeah. Oop. Happen. What happened? I lose you. No, we got you. Sorry, guys. I must. Uh, yeah, let me do Where that. Here we go. Well, yeah, nice let, me raise, let me raise these up. Yeah, I'm trying to keep them small, guys. I think we're moving out of this place. So, I'll know in the next two weeks. But mm. I'm counting on moving out. I'm not gonna wait on anybody's decision. Put it that way. So I've been I've been keeping them really, really tight. You can see the tight noting at the top up there because I've been just topping them that way, letting them bush out a little bit more so I can get them to get them to travel. Maybe traveling a little bit. So, but um, these are in five gallons in the back here. I have a few, few little you know nursery pots in there. These here are going to just get 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 gotten rid of because I don't I don't need these. These are huckleberry cookies. I have a Hell's Angel, but I have duplicates are all here. They were only kind of as an emergency, these here. So I wasn't, I, if I had to take a few cuts, I didn't care how they looked. You know what I mean? So, but these I care about because I have the canopy looking pretty good, as you can see. Um, they are pushed in, so they're growing a little more tall, but I haven't done anything to them except take the very top, anything with a, I don't know if you can see that, anything with a, even the slightest, it comes off at the top. Keep them bushy. Keep the, the the light a little close, so we can get some penetration. That's why I haven't really cleaned them up in the bottoms yet, as you can see. But they're happy. They're definitely happy. So there's a lot of tops to do this to. This can take some hours at this place. So, but as you, you can see, uh, use, do you use Coast of Maine as a base? 
No, I use cocoa okay. right now. Not at this place. Not at this place. Where the super soils run, yes. That's what we, well, we started using it. I'd say about half of it is. The other half is still roots organic. Just a, you know, just cheap junk. Sure. Because we're adding everything we want to it. So, and it cooks usually for about three or four months before we use it. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna switch to when I, after I move this, I should be out of newts within another month. No, probably two months. But once I'm out of the newts, I'm gonna slowly start stacking up supplies because I really am gonna go organic. I'm not gonna be paying for this. I mean, that's one thing I like about super soil, but I'm gonna do it your way because it's, if I can keep it going and I figure this, at one point I was worried about transplanting, but if I just keep a, uh, you know, I can transplant at the other place and veg for probably a week to 10 days to let them settle in sure. and then flip, flip them. So I could just, you know, bring the smaller parts up to the, where the, uh, it's probably going to, it's going to be like a duplicate of this. This is 5k here, but I only run four because I want to keep the heat down and the electricity. And I'm going to sure. get the same, same amount out of the four than I would with five pretty much. You know what I mean? Cause I'm not going for production at this place not at all i mean not that anywhere i would be going i want to get the best and that's all i care about this that's why i have only like 13 or 14 strains here i don't and uh and then i whittle wow. ones out whittle ones out that i don't want though do you know what i mean as i go through the process like a couple of these like the garlic breath this is only my second run with the garlic breath i got a lemon freeze pop from uh, exotic it's my first run with that and that that thing got it beat up so bad before it went in so um We'll see mm. how it does, but I got I got duplicates. <clears throat> I have two in now in production. I have duplicates here already. So, Tropicana cookies that's a, that sells itself. It's just like smoking a, uh, an orange peel. It's beautiful, but it gets so dark it's almost black. So, um, so that's what I basically do at this place. I mean, everything's running cocoa, but you know, I started. This is the original when I got out of the hospital in 2010. This grow here, separate from all the other ones that I have, this grow here was started with a thousand watts and a little six inch filter with a six inch inline. And uh, I had nine DWC buckets in a, in a, in a six by four. Because I was dead on the table twice in, in 2010. Wasn't supposed to ever walk again. I got a fake hip on one side. That was eventual from what happened in 2010. I had that done in 2017 and uh, a full replacement on my left side. And, um, but I started from just that and nine DWC buckets and then actually moved that a couple of times until uh, 20. Here's my advice. 2012 at this place, 2012 at this place. Yeah. Cause I've always had a garden always though, Coop, my whole life. It was a broker. from the age of, I mean, from the year of 20, the end of, 2009 then obviously in the hospital 2010 as soon as i got out 2011 i started got, got a loan started you know just got the sowie and then just moved it up the, this grow in particular the other ones once i had somebody's you know they 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 had money that they wanted to you know i don't want to say any more than that but yeah uh, you know so anyway but uh yeah this is this is why i i I'm all, well i can't stream from the other ones and i don't want to but this one here in particular is my baby this is where I can pick and choose anything that I want, just for me. 
Nice looking plant. Yeah, you know, I just can't wait to get off the salts. I'm really sick of pain. I've been running Canna now. I don't run them hard. I do not run them hard. Anybody that runs full strength, first of all, to begin with, any nutrient solution is a fool, period. Yeah. I don't care what kind of salt you're buying. If you're running them full strength and you just literally yeah. pour, just go to the sink and pour it down the friggin' sink. Um, I use it about maybe a quarter to a third on the can of newts. I give them just what they need. I got a good recipe and it's very light, you know, uh, in flour, I add the floralicious plus for its, uh, for its kelp and uh, some fulvics. I, uh, the, the, the uh, full power, obviously for uh, the humics and the fulvics. And then I have, um, and then I have molasses, five, just a mill, just in flour, not in veg, obviously. Um, a, a milliliter, a gallon, that's it, of the, of the organic blackstrap. Whole earth. I only use the whole earth. Any other, uh, you know, just general commercial shit will not only will it smother your roots, but it will discolor if you're in DWC or any kind of um, right. uh, unbuffered medium, if you want to say it that way. Like well, your roots are just bare, you know what I mean? So, but yes, go something, ahead. Sorry. Something that uh, would, would benefit everyone if they're going to use molasses is to understand why it's called unsulfured and not desulfured. Right. And in, in that lies the key to making better decisions. How's that? So if we reduce, if we reduce uh, down to its base minimum, I could make a, a, a good argument that honey would be a, a, a better material to use perhaps than is uh, unsilvered molasses. Yeah. And anyway, I'll leave it at that. Um, I've also used agave nectar. I've used uh, my favorite is coconut water. And uh, anyway, there you go. Yeah, coconut water is the least expensive. You buy that at Costco. Organic. I got a six liter, so that's what one point seven five gallons, I guess. Of the coconut and. Uh, it was like $16. I mean, just the canned stuff. No, it's no, it's in a, uh, it's like that kind material when you were a kid in school, yeah. you know, your milk, those cartons. Oh, right, right. That's but it's right. got a metallic yeah. surf. I, it's some kind of thing like that. It's, it's com compost compostable. Is that what do you say? Anyway, uh, it's very inexpensive and, uh, wow. Yeah. So I use it a lot. That's what they used to grow orchids. That's where I got that from. I didn't, you know, I didn't pull it sure. out of my ass. Sure. So, uh, and orchid growers are, you think weed growers are an obsessive group. Get get around uh, orchid growers. Whoa. There's, there's a place in Natick, Coot, that uh, they, they win awards all the time. When I, this is back in the 80s, I used to uh, do deliveries here and there for them. Because uh, I used to deliver floral arrangements for a uh, pretty prestigious uh -huh. place in Chestnut Hill, if you know anything about Boston. But um, 
And they used to be fanatical. I mean, they'd have, yeah. oh, what a beautiful showcase, first of all. You walked into their store and they had all their award winners right in the windows that could, you know, and they had the windows treated, obviously. So, you know, it was just sure. the perfect environment. Yeah, just absolutely gorgeous. I've never seen orchids like that. When I, I used to, I used to have a little uh, obsession with them down when I lived in Florida, the ones that, they, you know, the air orchids, we used to call them, just grew up in the moss, in the trees, in the, uh, the uh, whatchamacallit trees, um, cypress trees, you know, all over the place. So. Do you have any Thai markets around you? We do. We um, do. Well, in Boston. Yeah. And, and I go into Boston a few times a week, usually. So yeah. if you'll go in there and, and ask for young green coconuts and they'll be uh, and whacked with a knife, a machete, and it'll be uh, off white in color and you can cut it with a knife. And that's an unformed coconut seed. And sure. so like when you get a brown coconut and bust it open, you might get you might get a quarter cup of water, right? But in a young green coconut, you can get almost two cups. And remember, the coconut's the seed. And so the liquid is the embryo. And so when you apply that to the soil, you can imagine the amount of growth hormones and phytohormones and enzymes and what have you. For chump changing, you know, a, a cup and a gallon, a gallon of water is a hundred and let's see, 120 cups. So you only need to add a cup of, uh, uh, I do a lot more, but if you're trying to save money, add a cup to a gallon. Sure. And uh, it'll really make an impact on your growth rate and the overall vigor of your plant or resistant to disease and uh, attacks from herbivore insects and what have you mites right i don't know what oh. you suffer from there what uh white flies mites whatever yeah Eight. yeah in the, in the nursery industry you know obviously white flies they're they're, they're a big one around here especially when it's Are really they? human human out they can be a, yeah they can they can devastate we've been cursed by a lot of a lot of uh, things but fortunately white flies aren't the problem mites are the problem here uh red yeah. spider mites Trips are a and, big one. Uh, yeah, I know out west, you guys have those, the, the mites are always big. We have in, well, south, in Southern California, that far south, down in Mexico, white flies are, the, are prevail out in the desert areas. Um, I, and I don't know, probably because of all the agricultural stuff in Yuma, where they grow lettuce, leaf crops, a big attractor of white flies. So, yeah. you got, I mean, probably not the best place to stick a cannabis farm, but yeah, like, what do right. I know? <laughs> thrips too we have uh, definitely in the you know aphids when it comes to uh op open agricultural yeah but, uh, you know um especially when it comes to orchards you know they go for those apple orchards we have a lot around my house and i know they're always have half the friggin' farm shut off in the fall because they're having a problem with half of it yeah i know they're waiting for the cycle and all that i understand how they an orchard works but they would have it all blocked off because they and i talked to the one of the guys at Spencer, I mean, at Davis Farm, Spencer, and he was like, yeah, we got, we got a little, little problem with aphids on that side. So they had to lay off a lot of money, those trees, especially around here, they're so old, you know? So it's a huge industry. I worked at Western Nurseries. That's one of the biggest around here. I worked there back in the 80s, late 80s, 
mid to late 80s, I was there for uh, about three or four years. Yeah, three and a half years, probably. But I was year round. You know, they did seasonal layoffs, obviously. But uh, that was 450 acres back then. And I know they've expanded. I think they might be over 750 or 1,000 even wow. right now. But we're the ones that supplied all the, you know, all the big contractors, you know what I mean? Architects, et cetera. So, but uh, yeah, I was always a grunt, but I always had my, my, my ears open, always. That's, that's how I learned, you know? I moved to Florida. When I moved to Florida, I knew all the plants. Well, the slang names for the plants, layman's terms, layman's, layman's slang uh, or vernacular, I should say, right? Um, like in within like two and a half months, you know, all the, you know, the queen palms, the, the royals, the, um, uh, you know, I mean, I can't remember. It's been so long. Here's but everyone was you. like, you know, it's like, yeah. You know, when you lived in life. Florida, did you ever hear of a strain called Gainesville Green? No, no. Okay. I, I grew, I didn't have any connects down there. I just went cold turkey. And I, mm. I kind of, you know, I hooked up with uh, a, a, some hardworking guys doing some, uh, doing some brick work and, um, you know, just coming into my thirties and I was like, all right, um, busted my ass with these guys doing some huge jobs down in Boca when they were doing the, we're on the polo club, especially when they were doing the, uh, huge right. development of the, you know, mansions. They were, you know, what are the dream houses back then? You know, we do 150,000 square feet of brick in like, you know, three, four days. There was only three of us and anybody knows anything about brick, man. That's 15 yeah. pallets a day, 15 pallets a day. Yeah, yeah, we were and we were dogs, <laughs> and the guy that owned the place was an Iowa pig farmer that just transplanted like everybody, everybody in Florida. You know, no one's from Florida except the Seminoles, and uh, so uh, yeah, he was a transplant. He knew his shit. He he actually, you know, uh, he didn't want to teach anybody because he was afraid that they, you know, you go off and uh, do your own thing. And um, sure enough, man, I, I watched every single thing that he did, and I mean, like a, with an eagle's eye. I watched how we measured everything, how we got our grade, how we started from just jumping out of that truck in the morning. I watched every single thing that he did, and I learned it all, came back here and opened a really successful masonry and landscape business. And I didn't cut lawns. I wasn't in turf maintenance. It's because, you know, that's how I got the job in PJ National in uh, North Palm Beach. I got the job. My father ran the real estate for John Hancock. He gave me a few leads. He knew I knew my shit. You know, when it came to taking growing plants, listen, I don't know the Latin. <laughs> Don't ask me any of that, but you want me to grow a plant, any plant, I just happen to have a green thumb for it. And it's just, the way, and I love it. And I've been doing it since 14. So my father got me a job at PJ National and uh, everyone hears that. And they're like, oh yeah, you cut grass. Huh? And I'm like, no, <laughs> back then, actually, Ohio State, OHS was the first, uh, what is it? Yeah, OHS, right? Ohio State and um, OSU, excuse me. Um, they started the first turf degree. <laughs> grass growing to be called it a turf, turf school and uh four guys kind of ran that which was you know it was kind of a joke back then it, you know you're actually going to school to learn how to grow grass but i didn't realize when it comes to a uh, a, a league standard you know a championship course and everything that goes into it and uh you know how much money's involved and everything else they're like yeah it's a science brother because you're going to get certain grass here and certain grass there it's going to be just right you know it's where the seniors championship is played every year at the time so but i took care of all the formal gardens man i had i had 18 holes i had 18 t signs i took care of they were my babies i had all the water hazards 
I didn't take care of the water, but I did all around a lot of the water hazards, all the ornamental grasses, et cetera, et cetera. You know, a lot of bougainvillea back then because they would just, you know, grow like vines and cover everything. So, but, uh, but anyway, I don't know why I'm babbling about this, but you just got me thinking about, I guess, my life. <laughs> I didn't want to give a shout out to Fumi. Uh, he had to take off, um, but uh, yeah, you can yeah. find him over at Fumidor. Oh, sorry, this is what I was going to say. In a couple, yes, not to talk over you, I'm sorry. Just um, in a couple of minutes, though, we can take a walk into the flower room. I'll show you guys what I got going in there. Just sure. let me get some light, light and everything else. No worries. Um, check out Fumi's channel. Um, super great. Uh, we have a ton of fun over there. Coots there a lot. I'm there a lot. You can also check him out at fumadoroseeds.com. He's got a bunch of really awesome stuff. Uh, really, really great uh, um, things going on over there. And then Portland Tasting Society has a photo contest each month. Uh, and uh, yeah, all kinds of goodies. So definitely check that out. Um, good friend of the show. So yeah. Got some good ones. It was super cool. We were at the Regen Conference in Michigan, and someone brought um, three different strains of his. That there was like day of harvest um, to the show, so it was cool. Everyone got to see like his nugs and stuff. It was pretty neat. So that was kind of a cool experience in Michigan. Well, I got to get going. Tomorrow's the big day, Apple event. All the new uh, stuff will be released, and oh, all your new toys. What's that? Buy some new toys. Why not? So, uh, well, thanks for coming on, man. Always enjoy having you. Oh, on. yeah. That was great. Good meeting Scotty. Yeah. So, uh, Appreciate you. Yeah, Jeremy spoke real highly of uh, cool. Cheers, man. I want to get Jeremy. He did a, a long interview with the gentleman and, uh, and got to present what his uh, things about. So, you know. Pretty successful guy. I want to get Jeremy on my show sometime. It'd be be fun. Yeah, he's uh, he's quite a. Uh, it's amazing what he's built in this a relatively short period of time. Uh, got his own mixing operation, a big giant facility for growing microgreens. He services restaurants and uh, grocery stores in the Western Colorado area. So, uh, anyway, uh, you guys have a good evening and, uh, thanks for the invite. Thank you. Thanks for coming, man. Cool. Tell Charlie goodbye. Peace, buddy. Okay. We'll check out, uh, your flowering room. And, uh, yeah, we can go in real quick. After that. Yeah. Unless you want to save tomorrow night. You want to save when the lights are on? We get on early enough. Around to 10. You. Whatever you want to do. Yeah, well, we're doing it. Show it off. You showed us the other part already. Yeah. Did some work earlier in there, so a little cleanup on the floor. Molly popped on a couple of things. I'll do that as soon as I get off with you guys. The other ones, some of the other ones in the other room needed definitely needed water. I hope you guys saw that. Thirsty. Yeah, green lights on. Let me switch the camera. There we go. I actually have to get the ladder up. Hold on one sec. Let me get the ladder and see what talks. These things are monsters. These are the old mothers that I put in. The tomato cage. I got a stake in the next couple of days. This, this may be the last one in this place. Yeah. 
All right, stack them in the back. Stack these on the two lights in the back. And then I, I lower these, these first two lights. We got Huckleberry Cookie right in front of us. Oh, let me put this side over very good. There we go. Get that out of the way. That's some hot cookies right there. Let me see if I get that. Is that like week two of flower or something? Actually, they go, these, these start late, man. These are almost on week five. We'll be, we'll be on week five starting tomorrow. Same with the GMO right here. Stacking pretty good, though. You know, it's got a good stretch. I could have probably popped them a little bit more. There's another couple more over there. But, uh, ooh, that GMO, I didn't even see. It's going right into the lake today. So I can move that. But that's some more cookie there. And then right here, these are the ones that went in kind of stressed. These were the, uh, this is the apple water and then the lemon freeze pop right there from the exotic. And I just cleaned them up in the bottom. So I said, I got all that stuff in the Florida pool. I have them raised. I have them raised so that they can reach the light. So, as you can see on the light, yeah. Got them on buckets and I have those rises that I used to have when I had a, I had a research DWC system in here when I first came in here in 2012. So, but I got rid of that almost. I did one run and got rid of that. I went to DWC. And then I didn't want to keep the environment that dialed in because we know how temperamental that can be. So that's when I, my hip started going in 2014. So um, I went to Coco. And it was, uh, and now, so they're stacking pretty good though. They're looking good. They're healthy, they're happy. You know, they were in they they were in these five gallon pots for a good geez. Uh they have a good stock on them too. They're starting to really they opened up as soon as they got in here, but they must have been on uh in these pots for a good looking good. They're still wet. They don't need to be I'll give them a good dry back. I'll give them a really good dry back. I'd say a good 70, 80 percent sometimes. Sometimes I'll push in the blueberry fuel that I have in here. Does not like water at all. It actually, uh, so I'll give it a serious time back, especially when it's finishing, and it will absolutely just blow up in the last two weeks. No, I don't give it any flush because I used to. I think everybody else probably, but I don't give out a flush now. I got a heater there. I got an eight inch or I think no, actually it's a twelve inch, twelve inch intake up there. I got a triple XL six inch. Uh, Sunlight systems or whatever the hell it's called. These things must be close to 10 years old. Yeah, just, yeah, I've had these since I've been in here. So oh, this is my 10th year here. And then, then I got a, I got a splitter there. And then it just goes in. I got two six inches that are pulling it. So I pull, I don't push. So always, let's see what the temps are right now in humidity. I got the DHUI sitting right there. The temps are, yeah, a little high, 87. 87, humidity's down to 44, I think I saw, or 40. It's going to cycle in a second. Can you guys see that? Yeah, 40. So it's running a little high because we had a warm day today. I can actually shut this heater off. We had a really warm day today. It was 63, which is, you know, obviously unseasonably warm. And it looks like it's going to drop 20 degrees tomorrow to 43 during the day. So it's going to be a 20, 20 degree differential. So... Usually the nights are colder, so I throw the heater on. I'd rather have it too hot than too cool in here. 
he, he does a good job. It's not hooked up to anything anymore. I used to have it back there with the, uh, sorry, I got something on my screen. The CO2 in the back there. I got CO2 in the back there. These are root balls I got to get out from the last harvest, which was like, you know, four days ago, five days ago. So, and I keep those to the side. Before I take things down, sometimes I keep them off to the side for the last week. I don't give them direct light just so that their turfs don't get really tried them. You know, because I can push these girls with these lights. As you can see, they're, they're fairly close. That one just grew into it. So, you know, I can push these things. But I have glass too, so I'm losing what? 10% right off the bat or something? So, yeah. So that's the flower room now. Man, they look great. Yeah, it's a, it's okay. Listen, man, I don't like. I usually don't mother my flowers, but I knew I was having a problem with this landlord, so I didn't want to throw a whole batch of like twenty four plants in all at once. So I threw those in, and then sure enough, man, I knew this new landlord was going to be a real ball buster. And uh, she doesn't care that I've been here ten years. She doesn't care that I pay everything on time. She doesn't care. She just doesn't give a shit, you know what I mean? So she's trying to get everybody out of here that's doing this, no matter if you're legal or not. So she doesn't care. So, she's just... so anyway, so daddy will be moving my girls. Usually I talk to him. <laughs> I go in there and talk to him. I used to play music all the time. Yeah, but I'll move them. I have another spot. I got every all the bells and whistles got all set. I just got a I got a six inch uh, Xfinity fan for an intake, going through a, uh, a microbial scrubber before it gets to the room, and uh, it's too small. So I got a ten inch, oh AC, what are they called now? AC Infinity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, I have uh, a can. I can't remember what the size. It's 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 a big one. Well, it's a medium-sized one, put it that way, for my uh, for my outtake. I'm going to get another one just to scrub the air while it's in there, just to give it a good circulation. And uh, four open-winged thowies, so with uh, quantum dimmable digital bells, brand new. They've only got, they only have uh, two runs on them, so they should do well. And uh, I'm going to do coots. Put this mix. I'm gonna just go organic. The other thing too is the market around here. It's getting so competitive because, you know, uh, I hate to say it, but the Southeast Asians, man, they're blowing it up with you know, 50, 60 light rooms, and then going around and just trying to dump it for dirt cheap. It's nothing special, but you know, it hits the whole market hard. That's the way it's been for the last, you know, because I keep my finger on the pulse around here of exactly what's going on with the market. It's one of my big things that I keep my, you know, so I uh, got to pay the bills. So, um, but yeah, so, so I got a backup. So I figure sooner rather than later, if things pan out, oh, well, I have some plants here, I'll throw them in the file. I'm not bringing them all with me, obviously. So, um, but I'll bring quite a few. And then, uh, yeah, I can't wait. I got to uh, clean out one little area that I have. It's a separate room that I'm gonna use for veg and a little bit of storage, but that's it. I, sh I should run identical to this, a little more confined, but you know, I'm not looking to grow monsters anyway. I will have a 12 foot ceiling instead of this big one here. 
but you know, this high one, but um, not a big deal. I know the environment style. That's all I care about. That's my main thing. I got three layers of netting already up that I can, uh, that I can either keep permanent because I, I, I put crazy hooks at three levels, 12 inches apart. So um, three inch netting. So uh, that's why I'm thinking, you know, I could get away, you know, with this place, you know, going for using the flower room for, you know, a two week veg if I did it, you know, grew them down in the other room and then brought them up, plopped them into their new shoes and just reuse that soil every single time and just dig a new hole. So, and I'm really psyched about that, to be honest with you. Super soil stuff is good. You know, the other stuff that we grow is, is okay, but it's, it's still not uh, the, living, the living soil. Because there is that even for people that know really, really good weed. And that's what I want to have. You got to have that step of that, that, that one above. It doesn't matter um, if everybody doesn't notice it. There are going to be certain people that are important that notice it. And that's what matters. You're going to know the difference. So, and that's at a larger scale too. I'm not just talking about, you know, people that, you know, just want to put their head to smoke. You know what I mean? So. And that's where the direction's going now. So it was awesome, and I appreciate you uh, taking the time to walk us around. Yeah, no, no worries, man. It's my pleasure, and I'll take you a walk around the other place too, as soon as I get settled in there for sure. Hey, I'll, I'll just keep if I get it going, I'll keep both places going. I don't know about that, but <laughs> I'm already worn down with the other the other places. But I, I, I'm always wanted, Stephen. I mean this. I, I have so much respect for you and what you do. You put so much time into it. I wish I had the same amount of time that I had that, that you had to put into it, because you're a real huge, huge asset to this community. Just like Coot, you know what I mean? Yeah, just a huge asset for you, me. Just everybody that does these shows. You see the people that show up all the time, you know, in the chat, and it's always shout out to chat. But um, yeah. Just putting these events on. I know how it's it's not easy, man. I, I my you know my first common law wife that passed away. She that's what she did. She was an event planner and she did it for some pretty pretty big places. And then um, Fidelity One. She used to be the personal assistant to Ned Johnson, who is the founder of Fidelity. And uh, she's put on huge events, man. And she said it was just such a pain in the butt. That's why she got paid such good money. <laughs> that's all I know. So props to you to scheduling and just coordinating everything. And, you know. Yeah, I've been trying to to book everything out three or four episodes at a time now. If you if anybody's been paying attention, you can go to the YouTube and see who the next couple of guests are. Um, on Thursday we have Jackson Gross from um, UC Davis. Uh, took me a minute to remember. I'm super excited to talk to him. Uh, I always love talking to him at the Aquaponics Association conferences. We always jam out on sciencey stuff. So uh, it'll be a really cool episode. He's a really smart guy and is working on a lot of really cool stuff. So I'm excited to have him on the show. Um, and then uh, also want to give a shout out to uh, Brendan and Spectrum King. They just launched this light today, uh, the Phoenix 680. Um, and uh, it is awesome. We just got one. Uh, really cool light, really lightweight. Um, you know, folds in half, uh, which is super cool. So like you get it and then it unfolds to get to your four by four. So super neato. Uh, and then also it's, it's cheap. It's only 679 uh, and it's got really good specs on it. You know, 
really good light output. Um, if you're running at 12-12, it lasts about, you know, a dozen or more years. So pretty, pretty awesome stuff. Five-year warranty on it. And it's water, you know, water resistant, just like the other lights are. So that's a nice Check light. Yeah, no, it's great. Lower, lower profile light uh, covers a four by four area. And uh, yeah. Yeah, it's not hitting that 800, 900 number for the price either. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that makes a big difference. Yeah, yeah. 680. Yeah, hell yeah. And, uh, you know, put really good PPFD output um, for the, the wattage for sure. That's the next thing I'm going to do with the other places, uh, OEP, the next investment. But uh, yeah, check that out. Uh, we'll be reporting crazy. back on on it. So yeah, definitely uh, stoked to, to try a new light from them. All right, I'm gonna call it quits, Steve. All right, man. Thanks everybody. Hey, uh, thanks good morning. For... Hello, people. Have a good night. I want to learn Brendan, more about... Have a good night, my friend. And good good work on the light too, man. I've been watching Spectrum King channel for literally. I think it was one of the first channels I ever subscribed to on YouTube. Just was. Because you were showing weed <laughs> in your lights, and we got hooked. So I've watched you advance over the years, man. You've done you've done some nice work, man. Congratulations, well deserved. Steve, I'll see you tomorrow night, maybe. Cheers. Yep. Peace. Peace. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you guys can find me at uh, Growing with Fishes on your favorite podcast app, or on basically all of them. Um, you can also check me out over at APMJClass.com. Uh, Marty and I have a huge online course if you're looking to check that out. Um, we have tons of cool information uh, and guides on all different types of topics you can imagine. Uh, and it's all laid out and organized and, and you know, easy to understand course. Uh, we also have live sessions each month and everything else. So you can ask questions if it's something that we don't cover. We'll, you know, if you email us, we'll make slides for it and go over it with you in, the, in the, that time. If not, we'll answer it as best we can during that time. So. Uh, it kind of gives you best of both worlds where you have access to the content 24 hours a day and uh, you still kind of get that hands-on stuff. If you have a question about your grow and you're growing, you can show us what you got going on and, and, and you know what we're taking the class and all that kind of stuff. So it's a really great uh, time. And then uh, apmjnutes.com, N-U-T-E-S, uh, if you're looking for nutrients. All right, everybody. Um, I thank you, all of you for coming out on Monday. We don't normally do uh, that many Monday episodes, but I'm trying to cram in some extra episodes because I've been traveling and with the Regen Conference and everything, there's been a lot of cool people I've been wanting to get on the show. So I've been trying to do one or two episodes a week and stick into, you know, as many as I can with cool people. Uh, so uh, we'll see how that goes. All right. Um, thanks, everybody. We will see you guys again on Thursday. Peace.